0: Hello, and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff, And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere somewhere in new mexico correct get together hopefully once a month correct and talk about horror movies yes every episode we have a topic and uh what is our topic for this episode mr e-dog going to discuss john carpenter's filmography you know what this podcast has created this weird relationship between the two of us i feel like okay because i feel like we want to say what we're gonna say on the podcast for our recording so i'll see you out yeah you know we've been at the theaters a few times together and it's like, hey, Keegan, I got something to tell you, but I'm not going to tell it to you. Yes, because I'm going to wait until we record. Well, so well, <laughs> here is us putting our relationship on hold for you guys. Yes. Like, well, I'll show up to see uh, Annabelle Creation, for instance, and I'll be like, yeah, Doss, nah, so uh, what have you seen lately? And he's like, well, this, this, and this, But we but I'm not going to say anything. anything. Yeah, exactly. So uh, excited for this episode, it's going to be our top five John Carpenter films, which is exciting because he is one of the greatest. And let me put a little notion next to Keegan saying top five, all of Carpenter's work is great. Absolutely. So this is just going to be me saying, I prefer this film a little bit more than the other, but I mean, hell, every Carpenter film should be number one. When you say all Carpenter is great, you're also including Ghosts of Mars? We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. (laughs) We'll get there. So hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, But first, hello, Eric, and how are you? How's your life? How's the Postal Service treating you? Oh, God. It's been a little rough. Okay. Actually, recently. (laughs) Tell us why. They've had me on this walking route. It's street after street after street of walking. Walking route? Walking route. And yesterday, I had a lot of mail, and I was like, (laughs) fuck. How am I going (laughs) to carry all of this and get it done? But fortunately made it through how come you can you not do it on a bike or do you have to do it walking <laughs> how the fuck am i gonna <laughs> okay. put mail in a box as okay. i'm just getting it on a bike G. got my satchel what if the bike had it was a trike so you went at the balance you could then just i'm going around. through people's yards and shit okay fine no you're right you're right well i thought how, I how ask, are things going for you fantastic eric thank you so much for asking <laughs> uh no same as same as always still work at my hotel. Still playing Friday the 13th. Yeah. New patch came out. Didn't do a goddamn no. thing. In fact, I think it may have made the game worse, but right. uh, we won't get into that. Uh, everyone play the Friday the 13th game because yes. we love it. Play it with us. Yeah, play it with us. I'm uh, Keegsta on uh, Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. I'm Eric Cruz. But I feel like you don't actually want to play with people. No, no. I probably won't put my mic on. <laughs> uh, anyways, so yes, I'm good. You're good. I'm glad Correct. we got through that part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. So uh I guess now it's time for shout outs. Do some shout outs. Rattle some off. Top of your head. Top of my head? No, I've got I've got one written down here. I don't believe you. Uh, uh, the dot dream dot warrior, the dream warrior, also on Twitter known as at DreamWarrior26, uh sent us a, a tweet that said, I'm gonna see how many Ghoul Squad episodes I can get through on this two hour drive. And let me be the first to apologize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry that you had to listen to this, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much. Yes, for, thank listening. You for listening. Um, so yeah, Dream Warrior twenty six, the Dream Warrior on uh, Instagram. Uh, we really appreciate you listening. We think we have a new listener. We hope. Yes. We hope we have a new listener. Uh, so thank you. And then other people to mention, Hell Kid. We hope you're out there. Have not yes. heard from you in a while? <laughs> uh, Josh goes to Shoot hell. Shoot us a line. Uh, Josh goes to hell. Saw Massacre chainsaw it's probably paranormal it's probably paranormal who else Ooh, who else well there's people we know oh the horror nerd yes at the horror nerd, brian yes. yes uh and then uh hello andrew thanks for your podcast equipment hello wes hello jamie jameson otherwise known as and Jamin. i think that's it i don't know if we forgot you sorry, sorry. i think that's honestly it for uh shout outs if you'd like a shout out hit us up on uh twitter love shout out facebook Grinder, Tinder, all (laughs) the above. (laughs) Yes, please. Hit us up on anything. We'd love to uh, speak to you. No, so uh, we always start every episode with some shout-outs. Hello, how are you? And now it is time for what we've been watching. Yes, and we want to start with a big one. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to start with a bang here. And uh, the bang we'd like to start with is Annabelle. Birth of a dragon. Yes, birth of a dragon. Hello. Uh, No, Annabelle Creation is out. (laughs) And uh, who wants to go first? You want me to go first? You go first, 100%. Okay, I'll go first. Uh, What should I say about Annabelle Creation? It's uh, hard to... I've been kind of waiting to talk about this for quite a while on the pod, I feel like. Let's state a fact. What's a fact? That it was rated R. Yes. And it did well commercially. Absolutely. And that's what we want, and that's what we need. Yes, those are facts. I'm glad you uh, stated the facts because the rest is opinion, I guess. Yes. Uh, No, I'm kidding. So, uh, Annabelle Creation... I loved it, okay, so you watched it twice. I've seen it twice now, and I want to go see it again uh this is the annabelle uh which is a spin off to the conjuring right Anna- the conjuring universe, yes, and this is a prequel to a spin off of the conjuring uh Annabelle that's exciting I don't know it's awesome like this is directed by David F Sandberg uh, who did lights out he did lights out, and uh this guy's just sick like he he feels like um he doesn't quite get i mean i hate to start negative already he he's not quite the master that james wan is but he is nah, he's only got two films under his belt no, i know i know but he's very good at conducting uh scare sequences and uh the best part of the film in my opinion is what i have coined sequences of terror okay let's uh, hear what a sequence of terror is <laughs> okay well there's two or three in the film uh and maybe more but uh they're just these extended sequences of like basically fucking with you for okay, with for you. 10 15 minutes on end and then culminating in this massive scare this right. huge thing jump and i just i i like get off on these things okay. like it, james wan does these really well in the conjuring and um insidious and this is just sick like i get, I get what you're going for uh so like in conjuring to the portrait scene yes absolutely okay yep. yeah so these sequences like yeah, I mean, I mean, no other way to put it. I get off on these things. Like, okay. just being played by the director and by the camera work. You know, these are all, like, it's not just a scare. It's not just blah. Right. It's like this, t- yeah. like this tightrope of filmmaking leading up to the blah that I just love. I just feed off of. So right. that's the number one thing I love about this movie. Uh, uh, help me out. Uh, what's the little girl's name who uses the crutch? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Her uh, character. <laughs> like, well, when she's uh, first exploring... Jesus. When she's first exploring... Uh, Annabelle's room. Yes. The forbidden room. Right. Exactly. And it's like, she's finding little knickknacks and but we know that the spirit, the demon, yeah. what are we calling her? A demon, I think is fucking with her. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, that, uh, the main character, well, there's kind of a couple main characters, which I think is to a fault of this film. It sort of loses its main character. Uh, I don't want to spoil what happens, but. I feel like the main character is very good. I don't, I can't remember her name, but the main little girl yes. with the with the uh, the leg, <laughs> she is so good. And I, thought, I agree, I found her very sympathetic. Yeah, I thought like she, her look is she looks like a young Jennifer Lawrence, and I was just kind of mind blown from her whole performance. I thought it was really good. And I guess I'll just say like her performance is so good, and then they sort of discard that character for story reasons, right? But it kind of sucks because I felt like she was the anchor of the film, and then they sort of offload the anchor onto another little girl which who she's also very good. Right. But I it just I think that's one of the issues of the film. Aside from that, I just think this thing's a blast. Like it's just a huge roller coaster ride uh of just scare 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 craziness craziness and then a bunch of laughs. There's a bunch of funny stuff in the movie, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of wacky bullshit uh and I love that roller coaster aspect of a horror film where it's like you can laugh but then be fucking scared like 15 minutes later. So yeah, What did you think of Annabelle creation? I have more to say, but I'd like to hear yours. Well, my biggest issue was length. I felt like it went on for just a little bit too long. And like how you said earlier, how it kind of uh, shifts gears into characters. And I feel like I was already invested so much into one that I guess it maybe um, hampered my enjoyment of the film just a tad. Whenever it went on to uh, a new uh, character. Right. Uh, One point in the film that I really, really enjoyed was the origin tell of the parents Whenever they're discussing, like, how uh, they first um, met this demon, I thought that was genuinely uh, uh, strong. I thought it was frightening the way they're, like, uh, not to interrupt you, but they're just, like, trying to reach, like, they want to see their dead daughter so badly, and this thing just takes advantage of that. Like, I, I know it's just a horror movie, but, like, I found that profoundly scary to have, like, your child die and then desperately want to see them and then be taken over by this force Uh, right so i like that aspect a lot right kind of yeah go ahead well i was just gonna say there's a scare in that sequence that totally got me like i totally jumped yeah uh during that um so yeah i really dug it i just thought it was a tattoo wonk sure no i totally totally understand that um i was thinking about you know one of my favorite parts of the movie includes uh children in peril and it's the opening of the film right where like i mean i guess we shouldn't say what happens but uh, children are in peril and it's just it's awesome like I love the balls of this movie like it kind of doesn't care like about that you shouldn't run a child over with a car it just happens right. and then there's like a bunch of upside down cross imagery which we of course love mm-hmm. let's talk about the adults I feel like the adults aren't that good in the film like I feel like the kids are the best part of it sure Uh, I feel like I don't know what the fuck the the dad of the dead daughter is doing in this movie. Like, I feel like he's just walking around, like with scolding that, the girls. Yes, exactly. Like that same face. There is a great scene though. That includes him where he just stares at the little girls in their room and then walks away. Like he's fucking creepy. Right. But kind of doesn't pay off. Cause what the hell's his problem? Um, I guess he's just broken. But, uh, so the adults, the, the, mo- the reveal with the mom. Yeah. Kind of creepy. And, and fun. she's fucking scary. Once that got going too. Right. Uh, but, I think the standout of the movie for me is the sequences of terror, and they include this. Uh, I won't. We. Won't, I guess we won't spoil the film, but they include a demon, right? And it actually, visualized demon. I guess if you've seen the first Annabelle, right, you know exactly what the hell we're talking about. I, Which I haven't. I've, that demon was brand yes. new to me. That demon, that I find demon. fucking terrifying. And, and I don't. There's a lot of imagery that people find scary that I don't. Right. Like uh, clowns, for instance. I could give a shit. Like. I mean, I can't wait for it, but like the just the fact that it's a clown doesn't really scare me. I don't understand okay. why people find it so scary, but I. But having said Warphobia, that, I don't know if that's correct. Go ahead. This demon thing is fucking scary to me. Like it, there's this sequence in in a barn where it's fucking upside down and like on rails, and it's like sliding towards this little girl, and his eyes are glowing. It's fucking terrifying. Uh, there's also a scarecrow that we're very excited about. Oh yeah, we joked that. <laughs> Uh, this scarecrow needs to be the next spin-off character in the conjuring universe so uh i I I was gonna tweet that and then you like leaned over and said that to me oh yeah yeah uh so okay maybe i've talked about too long already i just kind of felt it so yeah annabelle creation i loved it i also loved how many different types of movies it is it's like a haunted doll movie a demon movie like a kind of an exorcism movie like a crazy parents movie like i felt like it was just several different things into one and i really like that i love this mishmash of a bunch of horror type shit and this roller coaster that it is so and about creation i guess that's a thumbs up from ghoul Squad. it is and i just want to add one more thing on it to talk about um the film has references to the next spin off movie uh and i just want to talk about that not sure we don't have to talk about the ending stuff or what it is, but are we excited for The Nun? I guess. I mean, everything else has been good so far, right? Yeah, the the guy that's doing The Nun is Corin Hardy. Oh, he was going to do the Crow Forever remake, but that never happened? Yeah, and he did The Hallow, okay. I believe. So, and I just feel like anybody that James Wan is picking now uh is going to be fucking sick. Do you feel like James Wan is picking these directors? Yes. Okay. I don't think he picked the first one, which was Joe Leonetti. sure. uh who ended up doing Wish Upon, which is fucking trash. Fun trash. Fun trash, I agree, but still trash nonetheless. I don't I feel like I don't understand that pick. And you know and, and we we heard that The Scares in Annabelle, the first Annabelle, may have even been directed by James Wan. So like what the fuck? Why did that guy even get that directing job? Right. Joe Leonetti, if you'd want to sponsor the podcast no just kidding so annabelle creation we're done with that uh i love it eric liked it but thought it was long yes i definitely feel that it, it is long but i just i was enamored with it I, I want i can't wait to see it again i can't wait to buy the blue so i'm very excited about that movie might be my favorite horror movie of the year but probably not but man this <laughs> halloween slate is oh, kicking dude. up can't fucking wait uh also so much good shit to be watching it, soon it is a fucking week from now well who knows when you're listening to this, but right now for us it's a week from now, so can't wait. Yep, that's what you're that you're saying. It and took me a minute. It. Stephen King's it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I've been talking a lot, Eric. Yes. Give me something you've been watching, and please shut me the fuck up. Yes, gladly. Okay. So I've got a few things I've been watching recently, and uh, with no real reason as why as as to why I chose to rewatch it, I rewatched Cut and Run. Okay, cool. And this is like the first time I've watched this movie in like 10 years. How do you say his first name? Uh, not going to. Uh, this Diodato? Diadato's okay. right. Uh, he's got a unofficial. Rug-a-row. That sounds close enough. Uh, he has an unofficial cannibal trilogy, which consists of Jungle Holocaust, Cannibal Holocaust, and Cut and Run. I don't know what the fuck is going on in Cut and Run. There's a drug lord in the Amazon that's using natives to kill people who are infringing on his drug business but somehow it's also occurring in like Miami so these reporters <laughs> okay um, they go over to, over to the Amazon or wherever they are to investigate this man what's important is is that there was a lot more gore in this film than what I remembered now it's definitely no Cannibal Holocaust not, much, not much is I don't even think it's jungle holocaust oh that's not good but i had a great time revisiting uh cut and run uh, another film that i watched recently that i was very excited about a film that i heard a lot about surprised that it just popped up on netflix and it has a killer poster is the transfiguration yeah tell me about it yes it's a vampire film it's about these two kids uh teenagers uh they each have very shitty home lives uh one's a dude one's a girl and they kind of start this romantic relationship as you do sure and you know it's kind of their getaway from being in these awful shitty home uh conditions but the problem with them is one of them believes he's a vampire Uh uh-oh and what makes this film even better is it takes place in new york and who shows up larry fessenden which you know i feel like i've been slacking on my fessenden uh love um, you didn't even watch it. You're just making this shit up. Yeah, I'm just rolling around with lies right now. Um, it was an exciting film just because uh, I feel like its take on vampirism and the lore yeah. of it, um, what I really enjoyed was like pop culture vampire shit is alive in this film. Like, for example, above his TV, he has a bunch of taped – uh, VHS tapes of popular vampire films. Like at first, I thought it was just kind of like a nod to right. vampire films, right. but then they later point out what he has above his TV, and it's like The Lost Boys and Fright Night and and Blade Two. This kid is just incredibly um, obsessed with vampires, and he believes he is a vampire himself. And it was That's fun. That's awesome. Really uh, good. I heard about that on Shockwaves recently. Shout mm-hmm. out Shockwaves. Not that they listen. And uh, it sounds fucking tight. Uh, I feel like I'm not going to get to it. But oh, dude, you should. Who's the director of it? Like, I don't His name know. is Mike... Fuck, I'm going to forget. Not Mendez. Um, I want to say Michael O'Shea or okay. Mike Shea. O'Shea Jackson? And... Uh, no, not O'Shea Jackson. <clears throat> Close. And another thing that I really um enjoyed about it is... Kind of takes place in these kind of like slummy neighborhoods. Sure. And so it was interesting to see... A, that with a vampire setting. Like that's the first time I've ever seen, you know, vampires right. in, for lack of a better term, ghetto. Right. It's like Jason in New York. You've never seen it before. Sure. Yeah, no, so, that sounds awesome. I want to yeah. see it. And I can't believe it's on Netflix. I wonder why. I wonder right. Like I said, I was real surprised that it just happened to uh pop up. So it's here. hear that's awesome. Uh, something you've watched recently, Doc. Uh well, I saw this movie that I'm not even sure I need to talk about, but it is Stephen King. Uh, did you see The Dark Tower? I did not see The Dark Tower. <clears throat> okay, so I saw this movie, The Dark Tower. Uh, no, obviously you've heard of it, but um, yeah, where to start? Uh, not good at all, but not the worst movie I've ever seen, which is, they should put that on the poster. You know, Keegan Preslak says, not the fucking worst movie I've ever seen. Ghoul Squad. And it's like, can we put Gold Squad approved? No, because it's not Cool Squad approved, but... It's not the worst thing in the world, but here's why. It's, like, 93 minutes. Just super quick. So this thing, like, flies by. I, I barely remember, like, the movie. And I saw I was completely awake, completely coherent. And I remember, like, a lot of the beginning, but barely remember the end because it's just forgettable. But uh, Idris Elba is pretty good in it as the gunslinger. And there is some stuff. But my main issue with The Dark Tower is I felt like it should be, like, this big, sprawling, epic film. It ended up just feeling like it was shot like a TV show. Like, there was nothing interesting about the way it was shot or the visual effects or even just the way it looked. Like, even the cinematography, it looked just, everything was lit or not lit at all, which is, like, to hide the bad CGI. And I just felt like there was nothing, it felt like it was shot like a TV show. Like, you know, if somebody real shot it, you could feel, you know, some kind of, gravitas off the screen and I felt nothing and it's just shot really pedestrian like it's it's like if it was on Netflix like even (laughs) Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey are in it but aside from that this thing could have been on Netflix and they could have made it for nothing hell it could be on CW damn Um, yeah that's where we're at so uh, I just want to talk about the Dark Tower because it's a big movie and a lot of people are talking about it and everybody's saying it sucks it does suck but it's not the worst fucking thing I've ever seen Um, the mummy is worse in my opinion And, uh, this is not horror, but Transformers five is the fucking worst movie of the year. So this is nowhere near as bad as those films, but, uh, it is not good. So there you go. Middling review of the dark tower, uh, feels like a TV show, but not in a good way. Like, oh fuck it. We'll just shoot this thing. And who cares kind of way (laughs) random thought about the ending of this film. So Matthew McConaughey is in the end, And his hair is very specifically crazy throughout the film. Like it's kind of just like pushed up with gel and then let go. So it's all like squirrely. And then like it parts it like literally it would cut from him with that hair to like slicked back gelled hair that looks great. And then back to – so like clearly the ending of this and the whole movie was probably reshot and reshaped because like Sony probably thought it was shit. Uh, So anyways, quick thought on Dark Tower – You can tell they reshot a bunch of shit with Matthew McConaughey because his hair changes from (laughs) scene to scene. So that's The Dark Tower. Give me something else you've been watching lately. Well, you said CW. Let's talk about Riverdale. So it's next on my list. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I think I watched it before you. You did. I encouraged you uh, to watch it. I fucking love Riverdale. Please, let's talk Riverdale. (laughs) Okay, so... uh, from so, I started hearing Riverdale was good for horror fans and this genre lovers, uh, in general. From actually Rob Galuzzo from Shockwaves, okay. he started saying it was good, and then you told me, Hey, you really should watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, fine, I'll start it. I started watching it because uh, Rebecca McKendry, also from Shockwaves, right. she like tweeted about it, and I was yeah. like, Okay, I'm down, yeah, uh, and what can I say about Riverdale? I love it now. I will say like the first, four, was it a rough start for yeah. you? I feel like the first four to five episodes before I really knew these characters, which I think is a fault of the show. It's not just time. Like it, they could have done better for you. Like it's so quick and so kind of, uh, lackadaisical about introducing the characters and like making you care about them. It's just like, Oh, here's this person. She has the rich parents that's in prison, blah, blah, blah. I know. And we're supposed to love her immediately. Uh, I'm not shitting on the show. Here, Just here's saying, my thing. I feel like it has a rocky start. That's it. Okay, and and that's fair. And I know nothing about the Archie right, comic Archie, books yeah. and Archie exploitation, if you and, will. And I wonder if they were hoping people would come into the sure. show with already knowing yeah. these characters. But like I said, I knew nothing. Yeah. Um, about the characters prior. What immediately sold me was that it's a murder mystery. Yeah. I like the idea of high school kids, um, wrapped up. Yeah, in uh, this murder mystery, you know, I told you, um, it felt like Scream the TV series yeah. to me, but it's but far way far better. Way better. superior yeah. to uh, the Scream TV the series, Scream and I really series. liked. Yeah, Scream the TV series. Yeah, we both liked it, but this is way better. Riverdale is um, much better. So Riverdale is Twin Peaks light. Okay. Uh, I've never seen Twin Peaks, so but you go ahead. So Twin Peaks has. The original Twin Peaks and this new one, let's not get into it right here, but the original Twin Peaks has supernatural overtones and things that are fucking nuts and crazy and otherworldly eventually. Right. So I hate to say that because you should just watch it, but so far, at least in the first season, it was kept very just uh, – there was no supernatural overtones. Right. Go ahead. Of, but, of Riverdale. But one thing that I liked was there's like these small, tiny horror elements sure. that like me as a horror fan. Appreciates. Yeah. Exactly. So like, for example, there's like a scene where like Archie is going to play his guitar. Maybe it's the talent show or yeah. something. And there are these kids heckling him. His his The, the football team is like talking shit at him, telling yeah. him that he should stick to football instead of playing guitar. And when he looks out into the crowd, the kids heckling him are wearing werewolf masks yeah and just like small stuff like that i was like man that's really tight yeah no i i totally agree there's flourishes but that's why my my point was to describe why i felt like it was twin peaks light it's this murder mystery everybody's fucking each other uh but there's no supernatural part you said everybody's fucking each other now let's talk about how just goddamn good looking everybody is is. and i'm not just talking about the women I'm talking about the, the males as and well. And I'm just talking about the kids. The, the the adults are also incredibly attractive. Well, I know you like uh, Betty's mom because it, she's yeah. from Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks yeah. right? The new and, check, and the naming, old one. Yeah. and you know, Love um, her. Unfortunately, I don't know any of their real names, but uh, Betty, Veronica, Archie, Jughead, Josie, Goddamn, Kevin. Mm-hmm. They're all just so good looking. What's the redhead's name? Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl yes. Is and also this kind of feels generic, but I also just love Jughead so much how like he's into like horror films, like for his birthday, there's a John Landis double feature playing at like the local theater. Uh, You learn that Jughead lives at his local drive-in. He talks about Tarantino. I want to be Jughead's best friend. Yes. Yeah. No, Jughead is clearly the highlight of the show. And I feel like almost, almost like, Kind of embarrassingly so at times because you can feel that they know this is like the character, which is kind of weird. But Archie has to be front and center. Yes. But I like Archie. But And I guess – A guess, lot. Hopefully, you know – you hopefully anyone out there watches Riverdale because we're kind of having a big conversation about it. But I just feel like Archie – I don't buy anything Archie does. Uh, I love Archie. I don't buy a fucking thing he does. But I buy everything Jughead does. And I kind of feel like they've, they're like, okay, well, Jughead's going to be the emotional anchor. But it's really – Archie, and it's just like artificial so i hope i'm not shitting on it i'm just giving my constructive criticism of the show i actually really like riverdale i do feel like jughead is the narrator yeah oh of, so, well, of the show because he's right. like writing a no, story right. yeah. of like what's going like the events of, of riverdale no you're so totally yeah. right um you're totally right about that but i guess i just wanted to i just want to say i don't outright love everything about it but by the end of the of the first season, I really like all the characters, and I really want them all to be happy and to be with each other. But shit's going to pop shit. off, duh. But shit's going to pop off. Now, let me say this. And I can't wait. October 13th. Um, So there was an article, I think on Blade Disgusting, that, su- that okay. su- suggested that uh, the show was going to move away from the murder mystery aspect and start getting more supernatural. Okay. I don't like that, but I'll definitely roll with it. The reason I like that is because now we've had all this time. We already like these characters. Sure. Love them. So now we can go on these incredible insane adventures and buy everything that exists because we like these people so much. Okay. So I feel like it would work really well. I really want that to happen because I don't want to see them investigate another murder for an entire season. That gets tired very, very quickly. Having said that, the um, Scooby-Doo aspect of the show is amazing. Like them trying to figure it out themselves instead of letting the cops or the parents do it. Right. The kids are like, but if we find this and do that, then it's this and that it's very Scooby doo. And we love that shit. So, and I suppose if it does move to some more supernatural shit, I guess it would be more horror related. So that's a plus oh, for yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to, uh, I guess there was rumors that there's this creepy pasta that apparently is going to appear, Influence. But hopefully it doesn't just influence. Hopefully it exists in the show. That'd be cool. Huh? Um, do you cool. remember channel zero? I do remember Channel Zero. Unfortunately, I never watched it. I know exactly what you're talking about, though. So that first season's sick, and I really... I, I can't I don't even... I lost track of when this second season was going to air. It's, it's called, soon. like, the No End House or something. Right, it's soon. Yeah, uh, the first season of Channel Zero's fucking great. I started it twice, and for some reason, it just didn't stick. Uh, I think it's... A lot of stuff doesn't scare me. Uh, elements of Channel Zero were very creepy and scary to me. That Tooth Monster was creepy. Yeah, Tooth Monster. So, Riverdale. We yes, both recommend it. that's recommended. a big stamp. At yeah. least from E-Dog. Yes. Of, uh, approval. Yeah. Um, get ready for, you know, teens fucking, adults fucking, and uh, maybe vice versa, actually. But, uh, no. So, that is Riverdale. Uh, yes. Give me something else. Okay. Um, I recently watched uh, Night Riders. This is George Romero. Um, Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yes, so much of uh, George Romero uh, I have not seen. Uh, I was watching the bonus features of Knight Riders, and he says this is his second favorite film of his, his first being uh, Martin. Um, And it's this long-ass fucking two-and-a-half-hour-long film that I kind of just didn't get what was going on. It took me a minute to, like, understand. process, right. What was going on, especially because the idea of knights, like knights of the round table, like King Arthur shit, that kind of doesn't interest me. Right. Um, That's why you weren't a big fan of the last Transformers movie. But I um, finally- It's a joke, because fuck that movie. I didn't fucking watch Transformers 5. Trash. But I eventually caught on. I eventually latched on to what the hell uh, is happening. They are a traveling troupe of motorcycle performers. And they, uh, they wear knights, armor, uh, and they joust each other on motorcycles. And to people, this is just a form of entertainment along with the riders themselves. But uh, Ed Harris, who leads them, he doesn't see it as that. He sees it as they are truly knights uh, themselves. So when outside forces like Hicks, um, police, as well as people who want to offer them entertainment contracts starts uh breaking up the band he does his best to try to keep them uh together uh what's funny is tom savini uh you got it right that time he's kind of like the villain and he's supposed to be like the macho good-looking like hunk does he have a dick gun he's no unfortunately no okay you know he's like the, the the sex appeal of the male lead yeah and i totally bought it well, yeah, because Savini's the man. I completely bought that Savini was this. Sex appeal. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I definitely think it's a film that'll benefit from multiple viewings, especially now that I know what the fuck is going on right. in that film. But it's fucking great, um, especially if it's a Romero film that you have not seen. Right. definitely suggest checking out. How did, how, how did you watch it? Um, so I knew Shout Factory had put it out mm-hmm. like a minute ago on Blue – and with his passing, it motivated me to pick it up. That's cool. Yes. Well, I, w- I really want to see it. And, you know, hate to say it. I haven't seen Martin, and I really fucking want to. I've only seen Martin once. I remember I rented it from Netflix, and it really upsets me that it's so hard to find. It's, yeah. it's out of print, and it's just, like, impossible to get a hold of now, it feels well, like. oddly, you know, another one of his movies is like that, and we kind of know why. But Dawn of the Dead. Like, why the fuck can't we just buy that Blu-ray? Right, exactly. And I know it's some kind of legal bullshit or some kind of rights thing. I know why. But, like, fuck. Like, it's like a seminal film. Like, one of the most important horror films of all time. We can't even fucking see it. Uh, I know we can, and we have DVDs. I have the DVD. But that Blu-ray is out of print and long out of print. Right. Like, Shout Factory, or excuse me, Scrim Factory, or any other big... Uh, Blu-ray distributor should have already right put it out. Now, having said that, they probably can't for rights reasons and legal reasons. But yes, they should. It, have. They should, they should have. have right. Um, and what's cool is I just, a lot of podcasts say that, and when I listen they to don't that, point out why I'm like, I'm like, it's fucking legal issues. That's why. So yeah, right. Um, and what's cool is the dude who financed Night Riders, I guess, gave Romero a three-picture deal. Oh, nice. And the other two films that came from this financing deal. Was fucking Creep Show and Dawn of the Dead. Damn! So it was just like banger after banger after banger after for, banger for uh, Romero. Well, that's fucking awesome. Creep yeah. Show, man, and fuck yeah. yes, absolutely. And Creep Show two. I like which one do you like more? Ooh, tough question. I'm, I'm a, gonna go Creep Show two because there's fewer segments. I'm a Creep Show two guy because of the raft and thanks for the ride, lady. I'm also a big fan of. Uh, Help me out, dog. Old Chief Woodenhead. Old Chief Woodenhead. Oh, I fucking love that, but... If I'm, I had a dog, that's what I would name him. You should get a dog. I should get a dog, because E-Dog is... E-Dog! Go ahead, continue. <laughs> okay. I was going to say lonely. <coughs> oh, well, I just thought because your name was E-Dog, you should have a dog. <laughs> you should get a dog and name him E. You could be like, come here, E-Dog, come but here, But I- I'm E-Dog. Well, We're going to be confusing each other. All right, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, so... uh what have I been watching else? What else have uh, you been watching? I got a few more. Okay. Uh, I've got wh- one more. Ooh, so, one more. Finally saw... Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Damn, dog. You are going to cut off after one? Well, you got to go gonna... for at least two. Go ahead. Continue. What you do were you, doing what, such a good Keegan job. Been watching? I, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I finally saw Rob Zombie's 31. Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> so... Uh, 31. Let's talk 31. Let's talk 30 motherfucking one. So 31, uh, three, one inverse of 13. Let's go. Let's hear it. Bang on the table. (laughs) Get it going. Dah. So (laughs) I'm sorry. Murder head G psycho head G. All right. Let me talk. Uh, Sex head G 31. I, I really, what's that Nazi fuck's name? I don't remember. I don't get it. I don't uh, give time to Nazi fucks. Fuck off yes uh so 31 i really i really loved liked, it i know it's I, great okay. i really liked 31 <laughs> but i felt like i didn't i felt like it wasn't I, i'm so glad you liked it yeah i was ready for you just to start shitting on it no i feel like it wasn't anything substantial okay but i really liked it uh things i didn't like about 31 lay on me are the shaky cam which you Ooh. told me you were worried about shakes away <clears throat> yeah so third uh shaky cam a little too much sometimes you can't see the violence um, You know, I'm a little tired of Sherry Moon Zombie. You know, I used to love her, but I'm a little tired of it now. Uh, Can I ask you for a fact? I, like, I, I literally don't know if this is true. Okay. Is she a former adult film star? I have no idea. Probably okay. not. Continue. And I think the fact that you're asking that uh, shows what kind of person you are. <laughs> okay. Uh so uh 31. Yes. Let me, this is going 31. This is going horribly already. No. Okay. So uh I really liked it. I really liked a lot of aspects of it. Um I felt like it dragged for a while in the middle, but when it was good, I really really had to get a good time. And I like seeing that kind of violence. I like seeing that grainy bullshit he does. Like, it feels raw in, a, in, in ways. And you watched it on Shudder, so the print was oh, probably terrible. Da, it looked fucking bad <laughs> on Shudder. So let's not do that this time. I It, oh, it looked horrible. But um, bit rate. Low bit rate on Shudder. Uh, but... When it was good, it was really good, but the only thing is I felt like it spins its wheels a little bit. Like, fuck, what else do we do? Let's just have them sit here and talk for a while. But then they're eating people. Sure. You know, I really liked it, but I didn't love it. But the only note I have here, I have two notes for 31. Lay it on me, because then I'm going to lay some on you. A lot of shaky cam. Shaky cam. And Doomhead is the highlight. I felt like when... I don't know what that actor's name is. I wish I knew. But I felt like when he was on screen, it had this electric fucking... Discomfort. Yeah, it was... <clears throat> I feel like it's a different movie. It's so good when he's on screen. Doomhead is who I'm talking about. Uh, it almost felt like the performance in Red State. You know the pastor in Red State? Sure. Um, Michael know, Parks? Michael Parks, exactly. Like It almost felt like that. Like It had this powerful... Presence and anytime he's not in the film, which he's not in a whole lot to be honest, right? They uh, got to call him in. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it was just good. But uh, the opening of the film was about 10 minutes of him, it's a monologue of Doomhead just talking, right? I thought it was fantastic. And then I thought the ending with Doomhead uh, I, I, I don't want to say redeemed the whole movie, but I felt like it lifted it up. I was like, fuck that. This the ending th- with Doomhead. Well, I got a problem, and I'm gonna talk about that after you're done. Okay, you're probably talking about the ending. I'm talking about the final 30 minutes of the film, which includes okay. Uh I felt like really lifted the film up because he's so good. Um, I thought the other people in 31 uh, were good. I liked the introduction. I liked them driving around in the van, all that bullshit. Sure. but we did it such a good job of capturing like those carefree moments before shit just pops yeah. off. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, you know... I thought it was moving really well. And then as soon as they get there, I feel like it drags for a while. But again, once Doomhead shows up, I feel like it really, that's the film. Right. Uh, and I feel like he's really good. So I really liked 31. I didn't love it like you do, but I did like it a lot. I feel like I say this a lot, but I'm really glad it exists. Right. I'm glad that Rob Zombie made this film. I'm glad he made Lords of Salem. It's hard in the moment when you're watching it. Cause you're kind of like, Ooh, like for me, I really liked it, but also I was like, man, I kind of wish this was better, better in certain ways but if you take a step back it's like fuck i'm glad he made another movie and it's it's violent and it's all this shit so like and at the end of his career he'll have this catalog of films that we can go back to and they don't right. all have to be perfect right you know so when i look at it like that i'm very happy it exists i'm really glad he made it i liked it um so yeah 31 but what were you going to say so what i like about it is like it's violent is violent like it's almost like oh shit this is nasty even some of the dialogue is grotesque you yeah. Know? what's the difference between a whore and an onion you can't fucking onion i cry when i cut onions okay now my biggest problem with the film is and if you haven't seen 31 skip ahead a minute it's just how fucking anticlimactic it is yeah. okay so they only have a set period of time to kill uh sherry moon zombie and her friends right oh see and, I, I liked that and he's literally like on top of Sherry Moon Zombie like choking her, like just about to kill her, and the time goes off. So Doomhead just leaves her alone, right? So you think that's the end. So Sherry Moon Zombie's walking down the goddamn highway. She's just dead fucking tired, beat up as hell. You know, she spent this entire fucking night, just twelve hours, just fucking fighting for her life. And who fucking shows up? Doomhead. Doomhead. Right? Yeah. Okay. Spoilers. That's cool. That's why I said skip ahead. It's a joke. Go ahead. So he gets out. He's he's not he's he's gonna finish the job, I guess for personal reasons, right. right? And you see Sherry Moon zombie just exhausted and she's like struggling to make a fist. And I didn't like that. I wanna see that as like a an a empowering female moment. Like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna fuck this dude up instead yeah. of just like oh, I'm fucking tired, fade to black. See, I didn't I didn't read it quite that same way. Actually, when she was bawling her fists, I kind of—I actually felt like it was part of what you're saying. I felt like, I don't know, I was like, oh, like as soon as it happened, I thought she, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie's character, when she turned around and saw Doomhead there, mm-hmm. I thought she was going to give up or start crying. Right. And so when I saw her ready to fight, I kind of felt like I was like, oh, fuck yeah, she's ready to fight. I, g- I guess I wanted more like... I know what you're saying. I'm you am a badass. More like, I, I totally get what you're saying. I just... Whenever I saw it, I was like, oh, she's ready to fight. Hell yeah. And then it ended. I was like, that's cool. Um, I totally get it. Endings for me never ruin or alter my feelings on films because it's like, what? It's two minutes of the film and yes, it's the ending. But, you know, what about the rest of the movie? You know? so I need a little bow tie dog. I know most people need bow ties. I'm not a bow tie guy. I could give a fuck. I just want the movie to be good, and hopefully there's a good ending. Sure. Uh, we saw Logan Lucky recently. Oh, man, and that was a blast. Loved it, but I felt – let's not say what happens, but I felt like the ending of Logan Lucky made no sense. What are you talking about? Oh, blow me down. Perfect fucking sense, G. So, uh, okay, not horror-related, but is it safe to say? goal cool Squad Absolutely. Approved? I yeah. love Logan Lucky. I love Logan Lucky. Loved, Logan loved Lucky. it. Uh, Adam Driver and Logan Lucky. So goddamn good. Yeah. He's great. So uh anyways 31. Uh the one thing I will say about the ending is I got very excited at the end when um I felt like there was going to be a big reveal uh at the end. I almost thought like oh maybe this is uh baby's like she, this maybe this is the her character from uh that rejects? rejects like i thought Ooh, i thought be a doozy. i thought maybe somehow he was gonna like he was gonna shoot shoehorn that in and i was like oh that fuck. would be fucking great like right. something Doomhead does to her transforms her into made that. her but isn't that. she any part of the firefly family she is but don't maybe, get me wrong I, maybe, I like that idea yes uh she is party already part of the firefly family now gold Squad's doing fanfic all right uh, are you gonna fuck it no i'm kidding uh so uh but the one thing i will say about the ending that you said you didn't like of 31 was that, uh, he was choking her and then he had to stop basically. Correct. The one thing I liked about that was I, I read it and I'm sure you did, but I liked it was that it was his hubris. Got him like, I'm just going to fucking kill this girl. I don't care. I'm doing oh, it. I'm going to give some big, long speech. And then he, he 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 took so goddamn long to do it. He he wasn't able. He didn't get to. Okay. So I liked. I'm with I, it. I liked that, but I totally understand everything you're saying. I felt conflicted about the ending, but I I ultimately liked it enough, and uh, I just thought he was so good. I just wanted more Doomhead, and I think that's there at the end, so that we can probably get more Doomhead and Sherry Moon, if um, they ever do a sequel to this film. And and the worst of the heads is the Nazi midget. And the German dude who wears a skirt. Yeah. I don't know I, who was worse between those two. And I think what you're pointing out is kind of what I was trying to get at was some of the stuff where they're just running and shit, I felt like wasn't great uh, with the Nazi guy and the Germans or whatever. But um, yeah, Doomhead's so good. I guess what I'm getting I feel at like the introduction is... and Doomhead were great. Rob Zombie has made some great horror movie characters. And now with 31, he has made some forgettable ones. Yes. But as I said before, I, I know it sounds sort of glass half full type of thing, but I just love like once it was over, I was like, tight, like another Rob Zombie film to go into his catalog. What took you so long to watch it, duh? I don't know. I think I think the the reviews kind of worried me, and I feel like they were right. You heard it from me. Yeah, I know, but you you and a bad you like Rob Zombie's Halloween more than you like JC. Say it, duh. I didn't say that. Keegan said that. I did say that, but go ahead. I will say I like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 over Rick Rosenthal's Halloween 2. Yeah, fuck you for that. Oh, please but, continue. Uh, so, okay. I think that's it on 31. We've been yes. on it for a while. E-Dog loves 31. And, and I like it quite a bit. so yeah. No, it's approved. I mean, I think it's Cool Squad approved. Okay. I didn't outright love it. Like, you know, I fucking loved Annabelle Creation. I didn't love 31, but I thought it was good enough. Okay. But not in a, I mean, good enough in a good way. Like, I thought it was good. So fuck, that was a terrible review of thirty one. Thank I had you guys fun. for listening. I got I got a few more. Okay, let's uh what else have you been watching? And okay. then uh yeah, I think we'll get to the topic. But give me your and, your and, stuff. And they are gylos, and that is not correct. I don't know how to correctly I pronounce say gi- I say Giallo. No, no, because there's a plural. To Gylos. Oh, okay, I got you. And I'm not, it's like Jilly or something. Yeah. It's, it's like J-I-A-L-L-I. Jilly? Yeah, something like that. just, Anyways, just call i got it. three more. Call these yellows. Okay, I watched Blood. Okay, I got some more yellow films. That's oh, great. That's perfect. Okay. I watched Blood and Black Lace for the first time. This is Mario Bava. I've seen it. And Please I go ahead. I fucking loved it. Yeah. The colors, the music. You know, it's like, you know, it's a murder mystery. And it's not like the most cleverest of twists, but i was still like, fuck that's tight yeah um the opening credits is that a single shot i think so it's so incredible it's all of the actors standing individually uh next to a mannequin doing this like kind of like pose pose like am i the killer maybe i'm the killer yeah and then their name sprawls out on the bottom of the screen it's so fucking cool with all of these just kind of like bright uh, neon colors. Um, I was actually kind of surprised with the level of violence. You know, this is only 1964. Yeah, and I it's not like crazy gore, but I it feel was like still there cool. There wasn't enough violence, but I agree. When it is there, it's really good. Like when he kills the bitch with like the claw hand, yes, or he's shoving her, yeah. or shoving her face on the hot stove. But the um, but Italians are fucking great at this. And uh, the sequence that was just really stand out for me, uh, that I really dug, was there's a part where the killer is chasing this woman in an antique store. And uh, the lights are going on and off. Slow pattern, you know, nothing crazy. And it's these awesome fucking colors, you know. And there's a part where she sees, she spots the killer chasing her. Yeah. And the lights go off. And they come back on. And he's still there. Yeah. And she's kind of like, oh, shit. And the lights go off. And they come back on again. And then he's fucking gone. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit, this is tight. I loved how, I don't know who started the, maybe it was the books. But uh, in terms of film, I don't know who started the, the black gloved, you know, black raincoat, trench coat uh, killer. But he just looks fucking cool. And I like how he's like wearing a mask. Yeah. It's just like a blank sheet. Yeah. You know, so I guess it's not a mask per se. But I like how you like visually see all of the killer. It's not just like his perspective in like maybe an Argento film where it's just like the hands yeah. of the killer. I was glad that I could see uh, all of them. Yeah, he's almost like a slasher uh, a little bit in this. Because right. because you see him, actually, killing people. Correct. Uh, the other two films I got, uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plume. Oh, wait, I wanted to say on uh, Blood and Black Lace, okay. we both have the uh, steelbook from Arrow, right? I was real surprised that the steelbook was cheaper than the two-disc. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, though. Yeah, we both have the steelbook from Arrow, and I just got to say, you know, because I, I shit on things when they don't look good, this thing looks fucking incredible. Oh, God, it's great. Uh, Blood and Black Lace from Arrow is gorgeous, and it's... Uh, It's like, um, you know, if you've seen it I apologize for going on about it, but it's, it's, uh, it's almost in, uh, Suspiria level colors. Like it's, it's so colorful and so insane. Um, I don't think I liked it quite as much as you. Um, and I think it is because it's so early in this Giallo phase. Like, I don't think it has enough violence, but again, that's probably like you said, because of its, its release, uh, date, but, uh, the colors are so good and it's just shot so well and this. Like, the transfer kept me going watching this. Not that it wasn't good, but I was just dumbfounded by how I good it, it was. Yeah, and, you know, I get off on that kind of thing. Sure. So, uh, yeah, Blood and Black Lace, I definitely agree. That is thumbs up from me, too. So, uh, what's what's the other one? Oh, So, the other two I got uh, are two Argento films, uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage and The Stenhall Syndrome. Um, I actually watched The Bird with the Crystal Plumage first in terms of these three films, and I liked it so much, that's what motivated me to seek out other yellow <laughs> I uh, hate you films. so much. Um, Diallo blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I you know, fucking as much as I love this genre, you think I know how to fucking pronounce words? Well, you don't know how to pronounce Savini, so <laughs> Yes. True. Please go ahead. Um, yeah. I would actually say I enjoyed Blood and Black Lace more than uh the bird with the crystal plumage. Um it's fucking awesome that the bird with the crystal plumage is Argento's first film. It's such a strong ass fucking So you like Blood and Black Lace more? Than The Bird with the Crystal Plumage? Yeah, correct. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess in terms of, like, I thought the you told me unraveling opposite. murder mystery, right? Bird with the Crystal Plumage is better. And then visually, I don't know what can hold a candle to uh, Blood and Black. Sure, face. sure. Um The Stenhall syndrome kind of surprised me. Cause Pro- probably Suspiria. Probably, that's probably, yeah. I keep joking how everybody's so excited about this new 4K from, is it Synapse? That's putting it out? Yes. That I'm just going to keep my Anchor Bay uh, DVD? uh, To to that I say, uh, fuck you, this is why we can't have nice things. I love Anchor Bay. Uh, Where would easy be without Anchor Bay? But let me just say, here's Synapse is scanning this original negative in in 4K with the original cinematographer, director of photography, doing all the God's work for horror fans, and all you can do is say, I just want to keep my Anchor Bay DVD. Don't get me wrong. I completely... Fucking acknowledge that that blue is probably gonna be the best looking goddamn thing in the world. I just want, I'm just, I just joking that I love Anchor Bay that much. Yes, and I just wanted to talk shit. Sure. Go um ahead. the Stenhall syndrome, this is like the nineties. Um and this stars hit this stars his daughter, uh Asia argento Which can be good and bad. And uh we're, we're going good. Okay, here. cool. And I was kind of surprised at how nasty. Uh, this film was, specifically uh, sexual situations uh, in the film. And my thought was like, how did he direct his yeah, daughter yeah. Uh, in this? Um, people always bring that up when they talk about this. I've never seen oh, okay. Stenholz Syndrome, but that's the main thing people bring up. And I think in Argento is Dracula. I believe she's in it, and there are secu- sexual situations in that. And everyone always brings up, isn't that weird that he's directing his daughter? But Okay. Well, then let me spoil that a little bit for everybody. Okay. Um, Spoilers for? Stenhall Syndrome. Okay. Go I'm, ahead. I'm watching. The special features. Uh that was all body doubles. Oh, during, really? During these sexual situations. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's cut to look like it's obviously That's perfect. all you cared about, and then you turned it off right after that. Right. Like all oh, the body um, doubles you turned well, off. Well, see, see, well, you know, easy's easy. I'm a weird guy. Really? I want the sex. I want the violence. I want the gore. Yes, it's nasty. But it's make-believe, and that's what E-Dog likes. Absolutely. So I was super into. The Sten Hall syndrome. What's interesting about it is, I guess it's a gylo. I guess it's a yellow film. But it's not a murder mystery. (laughs) Yellow film. I hate you. Uh, Like, 10 minutes into the film, we're presented, this is the killer. This is what he looks like. So it's like, right away, we know who uh, this fucker is. And uh, so I guess that was a little And I think you already spoke about it. And how was the violence in this film, in Sendall? I thought it was nasty. Really? Yeah, I liked it. Wow so uh so I've do i ha- need to see it yes you do need to see okay, it okay cool so i've just been having a blast with argento and bava and Dog just wants to keep fucking going i don't know if it's a fucking yellow film or not but we got fucking the devil's honey coming out from fulci but let's just hope that's just sex and nudity <laughs> and got to pause it real quick. And then you just got to keep on going. And so I'm having, you know, I'm having a good time over here, of guys. Course. Yeah. Uh. So, yeah, Severin, right? Is it Severin? Severin Films is putting out uh, the, Lucio Fulci. I've never heard of this fucking me either, movie. Me either. Me You fucking texted me the cover art. Yep. And on the bottom, it says a film by Lucio Fulci. Yeah. And I said, tell me more. Yeah. And and I did. And I'm like, you know, because we don't know a lot about it, to be honest. And I'm like, I think it's like a sexploitation uh like smud? Full I have no idea. I have no idea. So uh I'll be I can't wait for you to get that in. He pre-ordered it from uh severing site. Severin. So you're gonna get that awesome pin. Again, the pin. is a full cheap pin. Folgi pin. And then they're only doing a thousand uh slip covers that are numbered. Yeah. So I'm stoked. That's awesome. I cannot I am not joking. I cannot wait to hear about that movie. Uh, and that's the devil's honey, but you were just that's talking about the bird with the crystal plumage, the Stenhall syndrome and the beautiful blood and black lace. Okay. Uh, so I have one more quick thing and it's not a, it is what we've been watching, but it's not a full review. And I just want to put this to history because the next time we record this podcast, uh, twin peaks will have ended. Okay. And so I just want to give an update even just for myself when I listen later. Hey, you're still in love. Um, I still love it. It's still bullshit. Uh, It's still David Lynch not giving a flying fuck about what we want. Uh, But I feel like every Monday on Twitter, people are just jerking it off. It's weird. Well, I feel like people are a little like, you know how it is. Like when you like something, you'll just like anything about it. I try not to do that. Uh, I do like this uh, stuff a lot, but... David Lynch is kind of jerking us around, but I also enjoy that. It has meta aspects where like they won't give us a, he won't give us a character for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And and everybody's saying, where is this person? Where is this person? Where is this person? And then there's a scene of someone yelling at someone else and then literally smash cut to the character standing there talking to someone else. And you're like, what the fuck? Right. There's this person we've all, it's 15 episodes in and you smash cut from an argument. So that's the kind of shit we're talking about here. Um, but yeah, having said all that, I absolutely love it, but, but there are three to four episodes left. I can't remember off the top of my head right here. And a lot of shit has to happen for this thing to wrap up in this, in, in a, uh, in a nice in a bow tie. I'm not asking for a bow tie, but I am asking for some kind of big bullshit to happen at the end here. So having said all that, my Twin Peaks update is I love it, but next time we record hopefully we'll give his full review. Yes. And hopefully there's some cool shit coming. Um, I can't wait. I can't even imagine what they're going to be. That concerns me though, because when I say that I know David Lynch is sitting there. Oh, I'm, They think they're going to get this at the end, but (laughs) you're just a fucking puppet Donnie. He's just fucking pulling the strings Fucking pulling the strings. And you know what? One of these days I'm going to cut the strings off and walk away from David Lynch. Having said all that, don't believe it. I still love it. Twin Peaks is awesome. Please watch it. And that is it for what we've been watching. Now we do have a couple things to talk about before our main topic. Correct. One of them is not let's wait. Wait on that one is slaughter. High? Oh yeah. Is getting a fucking Blu-ray finally. Amazon says Halloween. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, 31st, right? <laughs> what day does Halloween? Fall <laughs> on, dog. <da? laughs> oh. uh, no, so Slaughter High is... Uh, we did our top five slashers that weren't uh, Freddy, Mike, Jason. Right. Um, Terrible episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was good. <laughs> and uh, on my list, I put Slaughter High, and this is a, a movie that it, it looks like shit on everything. And I can't wait for Vestron to put it out. This is... You know, w- I used to have the VHS. Yes. This is the one... That I've wanted since Vestron was announced. I've wanted this movie. And here's the thing. Let me say this ahead of time. It's probably going to look like shit. And aren't they saying originally for a minute that they could not yeah. do it? And apparently it's going to be the uncut version. And I just want to say it's probably going to look like shit. But I'm, I am happy they're doing it. And you know Marty, He likes to potty. Yes. So uh, can't wait. Slaughter High is finally getting a Blu-ray. We can't wait for that. Uh, next time we record. No, we won't have it yet. So there you go. No, nope, no. Nope. Unless we take a long time to record. Yeah, which is always possible. Okay, next thing is a big deal. Do you want to say it? Oh, my terror Tune segment. No, huge deal. No, not that. Okay, tell me what hatchet 4 Holy was shit! Was announced. So it's uh, real and it's out. It's real and it's out. Uh, it's gonna be a while till we see it. Hopefully, it comes here. But Adam Green, not to Carlsbad, New Mexico. Oh, but no, to a surrounding some, area. Like, 300 hour. miles from here, hopefully. Sure. We'll make that drive. Exactly, we will. So uh, Hatchet 4 was announced, and uh, I texted you the night uh, Adam Green was having this 10th anniversary screening of Hatchet, and I said, what if they're announcing a new Adam Green movie? And I first said Dig Up the Marrow 2, and then I was like, wait, what if it's a new Hatchet? Right. And it is. It's called Victor Crowley. A continuation of the film. Eric Seriously. and I attend the church of Adam Green. Uh, I've met him. I, we... we is it safe to say we love Adam Green? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, very excited. Uh, it's awesome. I'm just excited that it's it's happening, uh, that we're getting a fourth Hatchet film. And what's crazy to me is it's going to take place years after. And I don't. I never think about it, but Hatchet 1, 2, 10 and 3. Years. Well, they years. Hatch the first three Hatchet films only take place over like 72 hours. Right. They pay, And each one picks up where the yeah. previous one ended. So, this is the first time we're really... like I almost feel like this is the first sequel to Hatchet. Because in a way... right the sequels were one kind of big thing so this is very exciting so Hatchet 4 Victor Crowley uh, I had to bring it up because I'm very excited about can't it can't wait so oh and I'd like to make a prediction about Hatchet 4 Victor okay. Crowley lay it, on, lay it on me my prediction is yes is he waiting Leslie Vernon no will appear no why do you keep saying that and Hatchet 4 why do you keep saying that tell me your Fine. belief of why you think that I listened to That's so the movie so far crit. out there No, I think it's going to happen. Okay, lay it on me. I'd love to hear it. Dark Sky Films. I mean, fucking more Gold Squad fanfic. Lay it on me. I think it's going to happen. Okay. He he said that this film takes place 10 years later or whatever, 30 years later or whatever. 10. He he said, you know, and when you watch it tonight, don't spoil anybody that appears in the film. Okay. And I know he's talking about cameos. Sure. But I think Leslie Vernon's going to show up. Uh, He talked about... Uh, by the way, we're talking about behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. Um, he had the director of that film on the podcast about a year ago and he talks about how they've always wanted to do a crossover and they always wanted the, cause the films kind of exist in the same universe because apparently there's a reference to Victor Crowley, I think in Leslie Vernon. Um, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like behind the mask came out before hatchet. Yeah. They came out around the same time actually. Okay. From not dark sky films at that time, but it was anchor Bay maybe. I know Anchor Bay um, distributed them. But I don't know who. All right, we've gone off a tangent. No one gives a shit about this but us. But uh, I think Leslie Vernon will appear in Hatchet if, Four in some way. If you're right, that will be the most amazing goddamn thing <laughs> in the world. You're so excited. It's coming out of both ends. <laughs> but I don't, I don't. I don't. I just don't see it. I, that's too fucking cool. Things okay. like that just don't happen. Now, I know you're going to be incredibly disappointed, but this also includes if they talk about Leslie Vernon in the film, but he does not appear. That, I, that would be cool. I, I I think would, I'd i be stoked on that as well. I think 100%. But if it's like it's a full fledged fucking that, whoever that motherfucker is in costume, then, you know, it'll be my favorite film of the next three or four or five years. Easy's a simple man. Easy's a in simple man. In some ways. In some ways. Having said that, Hatchet 4, Victor Crowley. Two, five. We think, I think Leslie Vernon will appear. No one gives a shit but us. Let's move on. Our next segment before our main talk, Trust me, we're getting there. This is a long fucking episode. Is, uh, we still don't have a tune to play. <laughs> we should just sing it. Eric Coffin's Tunes. Eric Coffin's Tunes. So for this segment, I had no shortage it. of bands to pick from and songs. Because everybody loves Carpenter, right? Uh, but the band that I, uh, decided to talk about is called Shadow Windhawk and the Morticians. And I want to know who the fuck is coming up with these fucking horror punk names, right? You got the blood sucking zombies from outer space, prom night girls. It's all just fucking terrible, but <laughs> I love them. Uh, yes. I found these dudes on Twitter and they do, uh, exactly what is necessary to win over my horror punk heart. They write songs about horror movies I love and sample them. Their first EP, Casket Spray, released in 2014, features songs about A Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightbreed, Salem's Lot, R.I.P., Toby Hooper, yes. uh, Cemetery Man, Phantasm, and Halloween. The song Halloween 63 opens with a sample from the film with Loomis describing to Sheriff Brackett the first time he met Michael and turns into Circle Pit level of horror punk fun. Shadow Windhawk followed up this EP with *Cremation Garden*, released in 2016, which features a song about carpenters. They live and Halloween Six. Any horror punk band willing to write a song about shitty-ass Halloween Six is okay with me. Uh, the singer of Shadow Windhawk, Noah Bailey, is currently on tour playing guitar with Argyle Goolsby. Goolsby. <laughs> Arguably the biggest name in horror punk right now, which really who gives a shit. Uh find Shadow Winhawk and the Morticians on iTunes and Twitter and Instagram at Shadow Winhawk and watch their music videos on YouTube where they have a great one for Halloween 63. And that was Eric Coffin's, Coffin's Terror Tunes, Tunes, Tunes. Eric Coffin's Terror Tunes. Tunes. Okay. Uh and right here I'd like to say, uh, before we play the Grindhouse music, on our last episode. Kiki forgot. I forgot to put it in. However, we did sing it ourselves. Do you want to sing it again? But we actually didn't play it yet because we haven't said, now it's time for the topic at hand. Our feature presentation, if you will, our top five John Carpenter Carpenter films. Fade to (laughs) black. Is there a bigger name in horror film history than John Carpenter? Uh, possibly, Maybe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, boy, do we like him along yeah. with probably everybody fucking else. Absolutely, man. I mean, he's easily – I mean, we did our top five directors, uh, which I feel like could change on any day. Sure, but I'm uh, confident with Fulci. Carp- and, well, but I feel like Carpenter would Fulci be – Fulci and Anchor Babe for life, fuck you. Where's your Dimension Extreme hype? i've been telling keegan for like (laughs) months now let's do a dimension extreme episode and he's like no nobody gets it tweet us if you know what dimension extreme is yes based on your one tweet from shane saw and maybe the horror nerd we'll we'll fucking do a dimension extreme episode please continue um real quick before we start this uh we should say what our next episode is here maybe that way more people i don't even know what it is so please tell me we're gonna rank the entire halloween franchise I thought we were doing that for October. Oh, shit. Is it not our October episode? We got to do something quick if we're going to do something in September and then that in October. Give us recommendations out there. What should we do for September? Yes. Uh, So uh, our October episode will be uh, ranking the entire Halloween franchise. Yes, and I look forward to revisiting Very much. Can't wait, man. Okay, so John Carpenter, JC, Jesus Christ himself. No, I'm kidding. Correct. 69, Um, rock star. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so John Carpenter is easily one of my favorite directors of all time i'm assuming he is yours too absolutely Uh, you know what is there to say but let's talk about before we get to our list why why john carpenter is so goddamn good here's what's exciting about john carpenter is he's not just a horror film director yeah he's done other genres and it's like not only did he master the horror genre but then he also mastered this as well yeah and like I don't know if it's just the fact that he uses Dean Cundey a lot, but I think the main thing that I love about John Carpenter is the look and feel of his films. Okay. Like, you just feel his films and his style. um, I know this can be odd to say, but maybe it's Dean Cundey's uh, DP, uh, Inc. Uh, Maybe it's because he's a cinematographer, but uh, all of his films look and feel. I'm not saying they're about, but they feel like that Spielberg, Zemeckis era. Like they feel like film. They feel like grain. They feel like uh, otherworldly. They feel like imagination a lot of times, which is, um, even though some of his films were in the 70s, they feel very 80s. And that's all I want. Like they, I feel like they embody what I love about film, just like how Spielberg does um, for other, fi- like non horror films. I feel like John Carpenter embodies the horror that I love. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That's why I love him. But one of the best ever you don't have anything to add as to why you like um, john carpenter i think it's just impressive how every film of his is like different. different like how does well i wasn't gonna say different but i was gonna say like how does he have that such high quality output right No, you that's know, a great and, point point. And, and you know there are a few misses and stumbles but i mean if you look at uh his filmography i mean it's like the most impressive thing ever yeah and and So big that, like, even as I get older, I I watch more and more of his films that I hadn't seen, which I think we'll talk about in a second. Yes. And uh, I found ones that I love. Like, one made my list. I only saw a couple years ago. Okay. Um, So, it's kind of baffling how, like, I think how you said, like, almost everything he touched was good in some way. Um, like a, a movie I think would easily not make one of our lists. So I can mention it, uh village of the damned. It's one of his later films. Probably not going to make either of our lists, but is so goddamn good. It's going to make your list. Well, as you said, we'll see. As I've said, I didn't. Okay. Yes. They're in order from least favorite to favorite, but I didn't even number them. Oh, fuck I just, you, I just like, like them all that much. Well, obviously not. Okay. So, uh, We'll get to that, but my point, yeah, dungeon bastard, my point on that was just that village of the damned is a later film that I felt like I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen it until about a year and a half ago. And I was like, all right, it's a John Carpenter. I have to see. And I fucking loved it. It's obviously right. not as good as his other output that it's the best that those films are the best of all time, but it's fucking good. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's because the way it looks, it's his scores, obviously, which we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Correct. his scores are so important. How could we forget that. Yeah. That's like, another big thing that we like about his Carpenter. films all look the same, uh, which is good. Like they look fan fucking tastic and then they all sound not the same, but you know what I'm saying? They all have that JC score. Right. Uh, or at least something akin to it. And and it's just, I don't know. It's like, he's like in a, he's a tour of his day. And by that, I mean, his films are John Carpenter films. And that's what I fucking love about him. So, Totally in agreement. What do you have next? Okay, so... For JC. For JC, for my man, uh, the true Jesus Christ, John Carpenter, I wanted to briefly talk about uh, his films that I have not seen recently. Sure. As well as the films of his that I have never seen. Now, you know, we decided we're going to do this episode, and so I wanted to rewatch as many Carpenter Mm -hmm. films um, that I could in order to be, uh, you know, have the most fresh uh, in my mind. And so the few... Carpenter films that I have not seen recently are Vampires, easily ten plus years. Like maybe high school was the yeah. last time I watched it. uh Body Bags been a few months, and I also didn't get to see it in a very ideal setting. But thank you to Milton's for showing it, we which love was I've I yes. fun, yes. And Starman, this is Jack yeah. Bridges. It's this sappy, like romantic ass film that I fucking loved, yeah, and it's gorgeous too. I love the way Starman looks, but I haven't seen it in years too. I haven't um, seen it forever. Well. Less than a year for me, but you know, all these other movies have been just within the last couple of weeks sure. that um, I've rewatched. And I'm confident that it probably would have been fairly high on my list had I got to see in it with fresh eyes. Yeah. Um, films of Carpenter that I have not seen are Dark Star, which I guess is one of his earlier films. Yep. Um, like a week after I was recently in LA and I went to the New Beverly, and like a week later, uh, they showed it. Good thing you didn't go to Cinefamily, huh? Have you heard about that? Uh, something about, uh, forced prostitution yeah. or something like Some that. Some kind of horrible shit going down at CineFamily in L.A. That's but terrible. you went to the New Beverly, so that's I went to the New awesome. Beverly, yes. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which sounds fun. It's yeah. a Chevy Chase comedy, right? A Chevy Chase, huh? What did I say? You said Chevy. It's, uh, Chevy, isn't it? Chevy, Chevy, you know. We know who, but you know who I'm talking about. Yes, go ahead. The it's war. do I want to fuck with you. Uh, which I guess is the last film he actually... Uh, did yes, and Ghost of Mars. Yep, now let me talk about Ghost of Mars. Let's for talk about Ghost of Mars. E Dog has never seen Ghost of Mars. This is Ice Cube. Give me another big name, uh, mm. Jason Statham. Jason, wow, we haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Natasha Hen- Hendridge, Hestrange? Hendridge, right. I believe, is in it from All right. Species. All right, so let's flash. Wait, I've seen it. Kiki has seen it. E Dog has not seen and it. And when I say I've seen it, I tried to watch it uh about a year ago and i got halfway through and didn't finish it okay it was fucking i did you know i love john carpenter but uh i couldn't go with him on that one so let's rewind the clocks back a year just a few weeks ago okay this is around the time uh scream factory put out those john carpenter uh still books yes you had just received they live yes and you text me you say hey uh, would you like to come over tonight to my place and watch They Live With it? uh shout out to hold Wes Hold on, hold on Okay, hold on. okay Let me get there Let me get there Okay And I said yeah, sure Sounds great So I arrive at uh, your apartment And I walk in And the names you were just about to say uh, Jamie is there Jameson uh, Lucas Wes and uh, Lucas Milton Lucas. Mm-hmm. Hold on, I'm getting there And your roommate Yes Wes Okay, now feel free to shout those people out if you like to. Shout out, guys. What's up? Bye-bye-bye. No, uh, what's up? Milton's, hello. Wes, hello. Goodbye. Okay, so uh, it has already been decided that we are going to watch They Live. We love They Live, right? That's true. So we're sitting around there. We're sitting around your TV. You know, we're driving along. We're driving along. And we're we're talking along. We're riding along. And uh, from this uh, discussion that we're all having, I learn that everybody in this room has seen they live except for your roommate, Wes. Yes, that is true. I can verify that. So I start telling Keegan, hey, let's watch Ghost of Mars. I've never seen Ghost of Mars. And it was soundly vetoed. It was vetoed. Now, as I stated earlier, I watched as many Carpenter films as I, as I could, specifically for this episode. And what better way to prepare for a John Carpenter episode than watch a film of his that I've never seen? So I'm telling Keegan... Let's watch Ghost of Mars. I even volunteered to pay for the rental of the film in which you informed me that like, you had it in your fucking like, voodoo recent purchase or some bullshit. That is true. But you still did not want to watch Ghost of Mars. That's true. Now, let me remind everybody who's keeping up with my story. Everybody in the room has seen Ghost of Mars except for your roommate, Wes Yerby. So, at this point... I hope you have the 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 opposite of this story, because there nope, is more no, to this. No, no, no. This story is one-sided, and E-Dog's telling it. Okay. Well, so, when you're done, let me let me tell you. So, E-Dog gives up in trying to persuade you. He cries all the way home. Yeah. I, tears I take everywhere. my ball, and I leap. Yes. So, you know what he did? He walked across that street to find that goddamn RoboCop pinball machine, and, and it I'll wasn't it there. Again. So... I give up. We are not watching Ghost of Mars. Okay, we're going to watch They Live. And at which point, Wes says, and that's what it's like living with Keegan. I suggest we watch a movie, and he says no. Yes. (laughs) That did happen. Yes. Uh, The reason They Live was the better choice for the night was- uh, Obviously, it's the better film. Of course. And uh, there was some alcohol going around. And uh, everybody was a little – When I maybe not everybody, but – Your dog wasn't drinking. I wanted to make sure it was a film that could keep um, some of the guests, I won't name names, awake. Okay. And I felt like if we watched Ghosts of Mars, which is not good, and also they hadn't seen, uh, it wouldn't play as well to a party atmosphere as they live, which we all love and need to rewatch for this episode. Now, as I'm speaking, I just realized no one gives a flying fuck about this story. But it does it does play into They Live. And let me tell you. Okay. You said the people at this party had seen uh, They Live except for Wes. Right. Guess what Wes tells me the next day. He had seen it. No. Oh, all right. motherfucker. He says. He loved it. Holy shit. I had no idea how good They Live was going to be. He said he thought about it the rest of the day. I hope i uh, it was something to this effect, and that he truly was kind of taken aback by the film They Live and and its themes and all that, which we will talk about. Um, so, I think the winner here is hey, that's great. Wes. I'm I'm glad that we have a uh, we converted yeah. uh, Wes into a They Live fan. That's terrific. Yeah, I just thought it was really funny. West's observation. Yeah, that's all uh i mean i can i can defend it all day long i think it made no sense to watch ghost of mars i think it sounded good when you said it out loud Uh, i still haven't seen it but it is a horrible idea and please don't come over ever again okay so let's get into our list i guess i guess you actually have yours uh, one through five. Of course I do because that's okay. how we run this so, podcast. So you know, uh, we've been doing it for two years. So are you going to have like honorable mentions or? Yes, I have honorable mentions. All right, lay them on me. All right, it's going to be tough because uh, they're, you know, all JC's films are incredible. Correct. Uh, Except for Ghosts of Mars. Easy seconds that opinion. So uh, this is tough and you don't have honorable mentions so I'm going to sound like a dick Okay. Uh, when I say mine. But uh, number one, it, an honorable mention for me for okay. my John Carpenter favorites is Assault on Precinct 13. Wow. Love the film. Wow. Uh, Always loved uh, JC's Assault on Precinct 13. Yes. Um, I feel like, and you're going to, I'm not, this isn't even talking shit. This is actually a compliment to to this. Okay. The theme is so good, I feel like it's better than the film. Okay. But that's how goddamn good the theme is, and the film is awesome. I'm not, I mean, it's just, I think because it's not uh, horror, I feel like for me, uh, just like another film that I don't love as much as everyone else which is Big Trouble in Little China okay uh, like the film but because it is not the JC through and through horror that I love uh, I, I don't lift it up as much as everyone else totally like both those films but they're they're just honorable mentions for me uh, and I hope I hope that's okay because I know yes. people fucking love both of them actually so uh, they're honorable mentions for me great films okay. um, also I mean just the theme of Assault and oh god it's dun 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 so so da, good, da, 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 yeah. so fucking good. But honorable mention for me. Yes. Um. So I really like assault and Precinct uh, 13. It's a little higher for me. Um. I just love, and I think uh the timing it was made actually really helps it. Kind of like lifts it up. Like just how like grungy it feels. Yeah. Like the the gang. Oh yeah. Members for sure. You know? For sure. It's got this real gritty feel to it. I you think know, it's shot in 16. Think. I think it's shot 16 millimeter too. You know, it makes me think like the Warriors, you know, it's just like they were actually out in the streets, yeah. you know, filming um, uh, this film. Yeah. Um, so of all the F- J.C. Carpenter films that I revisited for his podcast, my least favorite, unfortunately, is Escape from L.A. Oh, sure. Um. I feel like I didn't like where your face, but yes, Escape from L.A. is clearly one of his uh, lesser films. I kind of feel like this is a film that is hurt uh, because of the time. Um, It came out, you know, and I'm sure budget as well. But there's just some ideas in there that just kind of really fall uh, flat uh, for me. It also just kind of feels like a rehash of uh, New York, which is far uh, superior. And um, I have almost nothing to say about Escape from L.A. Um, I've only seen it once or twice. Really? And I never, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost glad he made it. You know, I know I say that a lot, but... It's another J.C. film we get to watch and analyze and talk about, but uh, I've never liked it. Oh, I was gonna say some of the set pieces, yeah, are are fun, like the parade when he's like jumping from truck to truck to try to reach. I forget the villain's name, but um, I don't fucking remember. It's there there been a while. There are uh, a few cool things, but unfortunately, I do feel like it's one of his uh, lesser, st- lesser films. Lesser films, right? sure, correct. Uh, the next one I got is. Death is no prison for those who have given their souls to the Prince of darkness. So I'm glad you say this because if you would have said Keegan, what's your next uh, honorable mention, it would have been Prince of darkness. Okay. So, um, I totally agree. I, there's something about this film that I want to love. I want to grab out and just say, fuck, I love JC. I love this. It's supposed to be Satan's son. Yeah. And we love that. Yeah, absolutely. But the way it's like manifesting, it's supposed to be this like liquid and in the bugs ba- in a barrel, right? And this barrel has been fucking yeah been safeguarded for like a millennium. And let me let me say this: I'm not even saying that that's dumb or bad. I I just and this is what sucks: I just don't get it. No, no, that makes it, me too. It, so I'm not. So he's I'm not taking these college it. students yeah. to to come up with these algorithms yeah that's going to prove that it's real is I, yeah. that correct yeah something like I that i think that's where it falls a little for me where and it's like i kind of don't know what the fuck you're going for here john and, and this features donald Pleasance. correct as a priest and i you know again this this film and it looks great like this film has everything that I felt like I was just going to love it. And I kept waiting and waiting and waiting for some explosion of Satan or some kind of violence or something. And I just kind of, and it doesn't ever reach it. And again, I'm not even critiquing it. It is good. It's well shot. It's, it's a well, it's a great movie, but I just, yeah, I, I never connected with it. It's, it's like terrific ideas that don't come to form together, a yeah. great whole, right? Yeah. Exactly. And maybe it, this is the type of film. So, if you like Prince of Darkness out there, I think for me, I've only seen it. I've actually only seen it once. Okay. And uh, but it was it was about a year and a half ago with uh, Jamie, uh, Jameson Lucas. Hello, he uh, he has the Blu-ray, and we watched it together. And uh, I thought about it for days after, just because of how many how much imagery and how many themes are in it. But uh, again, I just I you know, I saw another film from jc i had never seen only about a year or two ago and i'm not gonna say the name and i just fucking loved it and then here prince of darkness is i'm like oh it's gonna be another one of those because it's jc and he's the best and it looks great and it's shot well and it's donald pleasance correct and i just didn't connect to it so i'm uh, completely with you i feel bad about it i think it's a film that will benefit from repeat viewings i feel like i need to see it a couple more times. But it's also so goddamn slow. So I've actually revisited, like, so it was just last week yeah. that I watched it. And I would say less than three months ago, I had watched it again. Hmm. And, That's not a good sign. And I'm afraid, maybe maybe it was too close yeah. of viewings. But yeah, um, I'm completely with you where it just doesn't connect with yeah. me. Yeah, uh, you know, it's cool that Alice Cooper's in it. Like, I kept waiting oh, for... Oh, yeah, he's got a great kill yes. in the film. But I kept waiting for him to, like ascend the film or i kept waiting i just feel like this film i kept waiting and waiting and waiting and then it kind of fizzles out and it has the ending and it's over and i was like fuck i i feel like it's i just ending, was, yeah but. certainly a cool ending but i felt like there should have been more and i feel like i just didn't get it um so anyways prince of darkness we spoke a lot on that one but the reason is i feel bad about it because i i want to like it so bad agree so give me your next honorable mention please another honorable mention for me um I'm just gonna throw out body bags. Uh, okay. we, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast. It's not really, you know, uh, it's an anthology, percent right? It. So it's not. It, but the reason I bring it up is because he acts in it. Uh, John Carpenter plays the, uh, what do you call it, mortician Correct. at a at a uh, morgue, and uh, it's fucking awesome. J, JC, It's like the happiest John Carpenter I've ever fucking seen. And right. I know he's playing a character, but it's so cool. And then uh, I love body bags. I'm a huge fan of it. Also, uh, thanks to Jamie for buying that Blu-ray at Hastings, which is gone. Rip Hastings. Yes. And, uh, uh, for showing it to me because, uh, body is fucking sick. I'm a huge fan of anthology films. Um, I think on a future episode we will do a top five anthology films. Uh, but not yet. So yeah, uh, fucking love. Uh, body bags but but not really one of his you know you not really one of quote unquote his films he directed a part he's in it but you know it's not a jc joint so um body bags love it if you haven't seen it we've talked about it a lot on the pod please check it out uh another one from you next one i got on my list is in the mouth of madness um which i've seen i had never seen this before up until uh, a few weeks ago and i really fucking liked it and i'm kind of surprised i have at this low but i guess what i'm getting at is all his other films are even better yeah um what did you think about it i thought it was great yeah i i really liked it but again i felt like i was waiting for this film to kind of explode you didn't think it reached a peak i no. i felt like it i don't know i i don't know what i was waiting for uh so it's sam neill uh, he's a PI. Yep. There's a popular horror novelist who has gone missing. Sutter Kane. Sutter Kane. There, there's a point in the film when you learn that Sutter Kane outsells Stephen King, which I thought was kind of funny. But he's basically Stephen King, right? right? Or H.P. Lovecraft. Correct. Sorry. Um, but Lovecraft so, doesn't sell like King does, so it's a little. Right. It's an amalgamation I of the I think, two. It's, I think there's more H.P. Lovecraft themes yes. in, in the film. But how he's like a recluse and how he's like oh. the highest selling author, it, it's more like King. So it's an amalgamation of the two. Please proceed. So he is, so Sam Neill is hired to find this missing uh, horror novelist. And the town that he has to go searching for him is a town that supposedly Sutter Kang uh, writes about. It's like an actual city that he writes about. Is it, Hobbs End? Hobbs End, right. Horror in Hobbs End. So there's a sequence in the film. It scared me so much that I had to turn it off. Um, They are driving to uh, Hobbs End. You learn that uh, Sutter Kane's publisher sends along uh, one of their employees to go with Sam Neill, a publisher played by Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm. I thought that was um, fun to see. Um, And it's this dream sequence of this old woman riding a bicycle in the middle of the highway yes and just the way she looks dude creep me out i'm sitting at home alone it's like 10 o'clock at night i've got all the lights off and i just couldn't take anymore i couldn't take any more of seeing that woman it was just so scary to me that i had to fucking turn it off that's awesome and resume it uh the next day Um, another thing that's really fucking tight about in the mouth in the mouth of madness are the monsters yeah there's this old lady tentacle monster thing there's this giant wall of monsters thing that chases sam neill Mm -hmm. later i fucking loved it dude i thought it was awesome i uh you know i feel like i've done this a lot on the episode but i really really liked it but uh i was hoping for it to ascend to one of my favorites like another film i'll, I'll talk about in a minute it's uh, my number five is a film I'm talking about so we'll talk about that in a minute but i i don't know I, I really really liked it. i thought it was really good so uh i really liked the i really liked sam neill in it i liked his performance i liked that he was just like skeptical the whole time right he's like these are actors they're all hired to be here and all this right. shit and, that, and there's a fun little twist of what is really going on there yeah. um and then uh i liked the aspect that it was kind of like stephen king and lovecraft and stuff and um, I feel like, uh, I don't think this was shot by Dean Cundy. Uh, and you can tell it's a little more pedestrianly shot. It's a little more like kind of normal filmmaking instead of Dean Cundy's shit. Cause I don't think he shot it. Do you know? I'm, I'm not just, sure. I don't think he did. So it is missing that, that part, but, uh, I really liked it. Um, I'm not sure what else to say about it. I watched it with uh, Jamie again. Hello, Jamie. Uh, he came over cause I actually had never seen it. So I only watched it about a week ago. And, uh, he came over under the guise of let's watch a carpenter, uh, because I have to get ready for this episode. And, uh, we just decided on that one because he had never seen it either. He'd never seen it either. And he liked it quite a bit too. I, I'm, I i do not want to speak for him. I think he didn't like it as much as I did, but, um, yeah, it's cool in the mouth of madness. I'm glad, it, you know, I, again, I hate to keep saying this. I'm glad it exists because it's another JC film and this one's pretty fucking good. So. Agreed. Yeah and just one more thing about it is you know there's obviously this mystery that's going on in the heart of the film you know where is this uh, author and i was on board it i was on Me board too. for it Me the too. entire time i was like except for when i had to turn it off because i was too scared uh I, you know i just couldn't wait to finally learn what the fuck what is going, is going on, yep. on in this film yeah so in the mouth of madness um i'm glad it's a carpenter film um i just barely fucking saw it and dug it yeah definitely uh in the mouth of madness is tight do you have more honorable? I mentions? do uh, this is where it gets a little hairy. Okay. Uh, Village of the Damned. Okay. Is an honorable mention for me, and this is a film I I only saw about two years ago now, and I just ate it the fuck up. Like I, agree. I love Village of the Damned. I agree. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind is Kirstie Alley's in it. Yes. Uh, Christopher Reeve. Yes, Christopher Reeves. Reeves but uh is it Reeve or reeves? i think it's reeves but I'm, okay. I'm actually not sure and i hate when people add s's to shit i so agree High sonics Donics. yeah uh, Fuck off barnes and nobles <laughs> 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 this is just we just want to air our grievances but um yeah village of damned is fucking strong as hell uh and it's really good dude like yeah. i just watched it last week yeah it's and it has great, great score great look great feel and uh i was genuinely i hit a, like i said the first time i saw it was only about a year or two ago and uh, I was genuinely dying to find out this mystery and where this went. Right. Uh, it, I thought it was that sort of enthralling. I couldn't wait to find out where the film ended up. So, uh, And and this is only a couple years ago. So, yeah, Village of the Damned is fucking sick. So, you know, I love horror films. But there are certain uh, genres, I guess, within the horror field that turn me off. One of them is creepy kids. Yeah. I'm I kind of not... don't give a shit about Same creepy here. kids. I don't like Children of the Corn for that reason. I don't even think I've ever seen Children of the Corn. But yet The I only like, good thing about Children of the Corn for me is Linda Hamilton, but please pr- proceed. But I feel like uh Village of the Damned was able to get me over that hump. Like I killed because yeah. I cared enough by like be- I guess because of how fucking evil yeah. uh the kids are, like that won me uh over. I love how it gets to a point where even the adults realize like they've lost power. Yeah. You know, uh Christopher Reeves is a doctor in town and there's a part where one of the parents comes to him and says you know will you teach the children you know because they're far too advanced yeah. for just regular schooling and he tells her like what the fuck can i teach them yeah you know and i fucking love uh that and that and, bit. That, and that kind of goes into what i was saying like i i couldn't wait to find out where this it, it ended up because i i truly did i love what it ends up being yeah yeah me too uh village of the dam is fucking sick so love, love village of the dam that one i was super super happy to find out how good it was i completely agree that's one film that i think i was initially turned off because it was like killer killer kids, kids. me too and the reason i picked it up was because hastings was going out of business and the blue <laughs> was cheap <laughs> Me so too. i was like well fuck it i guess i'll get it you know and i picked it up at a hastings in albuquerque when they were going out of business i got it for 10 bucks and that, that that original artwork is fucking
1: terrible yeah. yeah
0: the slip looks good though slip is great um, uh, but yeah, so happy that again, another Carpenter yeah. that I'd never seen, like within the last year or so ended up being fantastic. Yeah. Same here. Um, um next film I have on my list. Go, go ahead. ahead. Unless you got more for village of the damned. Nope. Go ahead. Um, I'm kind of surprised it's this low is the fog. Okay. Um, I feel like it's, it's, it's a little slow, uh, it definitely is yeah. for me, um, But that first night, like whenever the fucking, let's talk about how cool zombie pirates are. Absolutely, man. I fucking love zombie pirates. Yeah. I love how there's just that constant horn just blowing throughout the entire fucking film. Like, I don't even know what significance it has. And it's just 90 minutes of just that horn is just going off. And I love that shit. It's it's such great, um, help me out. It's it's called Atmosphere. Atmosphere, yes. Yes. And just, it lures you into that bay. I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk about The Fog in, in a little while. Tom but, Atkins. But yes, uh, Adrian Barbeau and Jamie Lee Curtis are so pretty absolutely. in this film. Yep. They are fucking gorgeous It's probably the in best film. Adrian Barbeau has ever looked. Maybe. Oh my gosh. They are so, so pretty in this yeah. film. So goddamn good. But I'm going to talk un- about it in a minute. Un- unfortunately, the entire film isn't just the night of sure. when the zombie pirates... Or what do you you want to call them? Ghost pirates. Sure. Ghost pirates uh, attack. Uh, So whenever that's going on, I think it's just great. But I do like it. But E dog finds it just a little slow. So it is slow. And and I am going to talk about it in a minute. But um, I definitely agree it's slow. But the reason I don't mind it is sitting in that laced with atmosphere film. Like just wallowing in that for the uh, length of the film is, is why I like it so much. So like you put that on at night and it's storming outside and you just are transported and it's through the, you know, cinematography of Dean Cundy and the way that goddamn movie looks and those fucking ghost pirates and and the, the way the fog rolls in. And you're just, you're just at that lighthouse. Like it, it takes you to that place. Um, so, I don't mind the, that it's slow because i you're just living in that place for that that time ghost pirate squad is that our next pod idea? Yes, so yeah, fog is totally agree sick uh the next film I actually have on my list is village uh of oh the okay Damned. yeah, um, as I already said well, uh, really, let us really, know let us know it. when you get to your number five okay, I will um. You got more honorable mentions? I I've do. Got, I've got a few more before I get to my. Five. So I have one more honorable mention. Okay, lay it on me. No, I'd rather let you do yours because it's a big film. Okay, my next so, one is so keep going. Big Trouble in Little China. Sure. Yep. Um, this is such a fun. Uh, just kind of like I feel like it's a wacky, uh, film. Yeah. Um, I love the how it's like a karate. Kurt Russell isn't actually. Uh, the hero Mm -hmm. Uh, i love that there's creatures in it it's Uh, bonkers as hell exactly yeah yes um like i wouldn't call it a party movie. now hear me out okay party a party movie is like you're getting maybe faded poking fun at the film but it's a good fucking movie oh yeah it's not one you're poking fun at because you're having fun yeah uh with the film but i think i agree with What you said a little earlier, maybe because it's not a horror film, that maybe it's not, you know, one of my faves of his. Um, But yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. Awesome. Totally agree. What's your next one? You're going to hate me because this is six. This is your number six. This is my number six. Well, wait, wait, because you're going to hate me for my number six. Do you want to say it at the same time? It's not going to be the same fucking film. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Because you're not going to like my number six. What are we going to do? We're going to actually say it together? Yeah. Ready? On count three. One. Two, three. Escape Halloween. from New York. Keegan's face right now. <laughs> He's so upset. Well, I'm also embarrassed because Escape from New York. Dude, Escape from New York is fucking fire. Absolutely agree. One of the best is movies ever made. fucking fire. Absolutely I agree. almost feel like, so it's not a horror film, but I almost feel like there's definitely those elements. There's a scene where like. Uh, he's like walking down the street yeah, and it's like, it's like you learn that there's like a group of people that like go out to go like hunt for food. Like it's like they're feeding yep. hour and he's like walking down the street, you know, with his gun drawn yeah. cause he doesn't know what's going on. And, and it's, it's, and it's like shit so, scary. Though. Yeah. It's just uh, yeah. so dark and you don't know what's around that corner either. Yeah. And yeah. God, it, Fucking fabulous! Yeah, Escape from New York is my final honorable mention, and and I feel horrible about it, right? Because obviously it's one of the best movies ever. I think for me the reason why is I don't really feel like it's that it's not you know that horror. Um, and for me, I love Carpenter when he's working in that genre. Um, I probably have one on my list that could be construed as not, but I like its uh, social commentary, so that's a little okay. different. But right. Escape from New York, I mean, just th- I feel like this is like the height of dean cundy carpenter okay like i'm saying the two of them like the way this movie looks like i don't even know how they did a lot of it it's like through miniatures and maquette like paintings and like it's crazy and when you watch it on blu-ray like in that good of quality um you can like almost see the seams but it feels like it's like escape from new york this is weird i know but it almost feels like a graphic novel like That's fair. it doesn't even look, and this is a good thing. It, I feel like it doesn't look real. It looks fantastical, but in a really good way. Right. Like it looks like its own fucking thing. It's, it's crazy how good, uh, escape from New York looks like. So I'm in no way shitting on it. I fucking love escape from New like, York. Like Are those sets that they built? Yeah. That, it looks fucking. Yeah. I love how just fucking beat but up like, and nasty. Everything even works. like the wall and stuff. Like, I just don't know how they made this when they did. Like there's like there, I don't think there's any CGI. Obviously, it's early, but I'm saying any computer stuff. Um, there is some some digital uh, stitching together because there is, like, paintings. And um, uh, I watched a uh, quick featurette on uh, them building the miniature of the city so they could show uh, it, like, the helicopter shot of, like, the city and stuff. It's fucking mind-blowing. Like, they literally just painted black paint on the floor in front of the city, in front of the miniature of the city, and that's the ocean. Oh, damn. And it looks like the fucking ocean in the movie. And again, it looks so real, but also like its own thing. It's very, very unique right? in the way uh, Escape from New York looks like. And I think that's why L.A. doesn't work the same way, because New York just looks incredible. So Escape from New York, one of the best movies ever, one of my favorites ever. Just didn't make my list. Did you have one more? Um, Well, that's right. My sixth was Halloween. So tell us. Halloween is like the slasher film, right? Yes. And, you know, I feel like, you know, with these big slasher films, we love the killer. Like, that's who we're rooting for. Sure. Right? But don't get me wrong. I want to enjoy the kids as well. And I kind of feel like that's where Halloween, for me, Mm -hmm. falls off. Every single one of those fucking kids is just annoying to me. Um, Even Lori? Well, sort of how she's always, like, crying about, No, you better not. You better call him back and tell him. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know that I'm not interested. But who's the friend? See, my number six, I didn't shit on at all. But go ahead, shit on Halloween. You know, Halloween. I'm I'm telling you, right? I know. No, i the fucking slasher I'm film. Kidding. But just Please. why? No, continue to shit on Halloween. Why, it's okay. But just why? I prefer some of his other works. That's yeah. all I'm getting at you. Please go on. I'm I'm um, fucking with you. It's it's those kids that we're spending so much time with that I don't like that it's enough to kind of degrade the film for me. Now, don't get me wrong. The fucking setting. The fucking music. Yes, everything else about Halloween works. Yeah, but it's enough for where I'm. I'm having to spend 90 minutes with these kids that i I just can't handle it anymore. So, uh, obviously, totally disagree. But I understand what you're saying. I hear you. Um, I love the girl. Like uh, people, a lot of times talk about. Uh, is it PJ Souls? Or Bob. Um, Bob the Ghost. I. And I think it's. I think it's Elric Kane talks a lot of shit about her in the film and i love it i love her performance i love her i love them so much but it's and how misogynistic are all of the dudes in that film yes all of the dudes in that film you know it's like once i fucked you i'm fucking done with you and that kind of rubs me the wrong way but it doesn't in rob zombies halloween where they're all fuck asses we're gonna do a whole episode (laughs) oh no we're just gonna compare the two films Uh, okay uh in my opinion, that's not possible. But yes, we will do that. Uh, so, oh no, I'm kidding. Look forward to that. I guess you know, I'm not. I'm not talking about Loomis. I'm not talking no, about Bracket. But I'm, I'm. I'm still talking about the kids. Sure. Um. Yeah. Nothing for me to say here because Halloween is. If on, on any given day, I struggle if someone asks me what is your favorite horror film of all time. It's. It. I don't know why. I can tell anyone Jaws is my favorite film of all time. Um. I also got called out uh, by a couple people saying that. How come you think Jaws isn't horror? And I'll just quickly say here, uh, I think it's because I saw it when I was a kid before I liked horror films. So to me, it's not a horror film. To me, it's an adventure film of three guys going to kill a shark, uh, just like Indiana Jones or any other Spielberg fare. Uh, So that's why I've never felt like it was a horror film, but don't begrudge anyone that does. Uh, One fire-ass moment uh, in Halloween. Uh, You can save it, because we're going to talk about it again. uh, Tommy, you know he keeps saying... The boogeyman is uh, outside. You yes. Know, but every time you know Laurie looks, he's not there. But one of the times that he is there, he's just like standing in front of the house. Yes. And it's all fucking dark. But the house is perfectly lit where he is standing, mm-hmm. and it looks so so good. Uh, the first time Laurie has a run in with him, and she's running across the street, and she's just banging on the door yep. for Tommy to open it, and Michael's just coming. It's so fucking dreadful i love it so i don't forget about it please remind me to talk about the hedge scene uh because i want to okay. get animated about it but uh we will save that so you're essentially number six your final honorable mention essentially Halloween, would be halloween yes know uh, i love it sure sure these next five films i think are better that's insane but uh i i do feel bad about escape from new york being essentially my number six and my final honorable mention so. uh because so goddamn good so we're both at five who wants to go first uh, I don't know. I'll go first. Go first. Okay. My so, number five. Number five. Even though I didn't. John Carpenter film. Yes. Uh, I'm. I'm afraid I got of this. Escape from New York. Okay. Cool. And I want you to ask me, how cool is Escape from New York? Eric, how cool is Escape from New York? Escape from New York is so cool. Tom Atkins. And Lee Van Cleef share scenes together. Alright. I can't think of anything fucking cooler than those two fucking dudes chomping it up together. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. And how cool is Snake Pliskin? Yeah, is no question. A, yeah. Is there a cooler fucking Prob- movie no, character, no. you know? No. Fuck no. Fuck your president. Well <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean there probably is cooler character. I mean, Indiana Jones pretty fucking New cool. York. Uh but yeah. Don't get me started, G it's okay um dude escape from new york's fucking great you want to go on because i I, 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 got. I spoke about it at length that's so. what i got yeah okay confident with it being your number uh, five my confident. yep see that's smart uh my number five i feel like i'll get shit for it. it's the last time i'm gonna say that i'll be i'll be confident with the rest but my number f- are you ready That's it what's my your number five? five john carpenter film of all time is is a movie i've seen the most recent okay uh, of my list uh not not of my honorable mentions i saw some of those more recently christine is my number five great film and christine completely rocked my world when i saw it about a year and a half to two years ago um it was a jc i had never seen okay and i put it on thinking you know i feel like i don't hear about this as much i'm not saying people don't talk about christine but you know, it's not Halloween. It's not Escape from New York. It's not Big Trouble in China. It's not, you know, they live or the. Uh, well, we'll talk about. Some, fu- yes, it's not those films, right? So I feel like I don't hear about it as much. And then I watched it and I was like, "Holy fuck!" This great. is better than some of the films I already love from J.C. Agreed. Um, and you know, it has that. I, I feel like, I feel like we're spoiled. This is J.C. John Carpenter, uh, making from a Stephen King, a Stephen King, Adaptation. and it's fucking great. Um, it truly is. I love the score of this film. This is Dean Cundy and, and and John Carpenter, and it looks absolutely incredible. It's it's you know Kiki needs a towel when he watches this. It's so so good looking. It's great. The effects are the fantastic. Effects, the effects of the car when it breaks, but it the car puts itself back together. So cool. When I watched it, uh, I legit don't know how they did that. Now you I can I tell you reverse. Uh, Go ahead. I I didn't think, I assumed that they were playing in reverse. Well at least for like the body. Uh wasn't there like air compressors that just like pushed it back out or no, something? And I get that, but even looking at that, I still was like this did, I it looks it looks really fucking it good. It looks so good, is the point of it. And uh I love how it how it taint I, I don't remember his name, but it taints. I know it's a King story, so this is part of partly King's work, but it's so well done in that it taints that kid's life. Like it ruins his life because he's so in love with Christine. And it's, right. I don't know. I just found that, you know, intoxicating essentially. You found the nerdy kid, the nerdy yeah. kid, you know, turn into a badass. Well, And then I also had sympathy for the, our main character. Who's just trying to help him and get him out of it. Hey bro, what the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you in love with this car? Like you're ruining your life. And he's like, fuck off, you know, death to the shitters of the world. Yes. Um, so I can't toast to that. Yeah, Christine, man, it's, uh, it. you know, I say it, it blows my mind a lot. But when it's a JC, I haven't seen. I was it like, comes in and wrecks you. I was floored by Christine when I uh, saw it only about two years ago. So fantastic fucking movie. Love, Christine. That's my number five. Agreed. Um, great score. Great look. God damn it, Christine. What is Eric Hoff's number four? The next film I have on my list is Assault on Precinct 13. Cool. Now, what I've said before uh, on the pod E-Dog enjoys Westerns. And I kind of feel like this is a fucking Western. Okay, so it's a small group of people that are just having to fight off just an seemingly endless number of uh, bad guys. Yeah. Um, I love how it's this relationship between cops and prisoners and they have to team up in order to uh, fend off the other people. Yes. There's that... uh, uh, what am I looking for? There's that sense of can we trust each uh, other? Each other, yeah. right? Exactly. Um, I just I love that. Uh, the music. Uh, in the film, I love how those the the odds are just completely uh, outnumbered, and I love how it's also kind of like a zombie film as well. How they just keep coming, they yeah. just keep coming Hordes. through. Uh, the windows, right? It's a fucking crime western zombie film. Yeah if that makes any fucking sense it's such a cool fucking mashup of those genres that just works uh so well yeah yeah i agree man i mean it's just the reason it didn't make it for me was just it's uh it's really you know i love it but i just i like these films more you know but it's score like it's spoilerish for its a minute it's score is so so good yeah, dun, 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 dun. So good. yeah. um allow e dog to get a little spoilerish. okay so if you haven't seen this film Again, maybe go a little forward into the pod. I kept making Night of the Living Dead comparisons in my head because it's a black man and a white man uh, at the front of the film. Yeah. And I fucking love that they become friends at the end. It worked worked for easy. It it worked for me so much that they weren't rivals. Here they are, cop and prisoner black guy and white guy and they're fucking cool with each other by the end of the film i don't know that really resonated with me yeah. Maybe because of the times sure R- right now but i was very happy to see that i totally agree man that gets me salt and priest in 13 yes let's hear your 3g okay uh it's actually it's so good it's actually my number four oh you're number four uh, we haven't yeah so my number four is movie we kind of talked about a little bit already and it's the fog damn, damn. And the reason... Got it high. So I already kind of said it, so I hate repeating myself, but I do it all the time. Uh, The Fog is my number four because of its atmosphere. Um, Like I said, any minute of the day, you could turn this movie on, and you're transported to that goddamn fucking shore with that lighthouse. And just that fucking horn just honking. Yes, and those Mm -hmm. throughout the whole entire film. Ghost pirates. Ghost pirates. Uh, It's so good. And then, like I said, we already kind of spoke about it, but the fact that uh jamie lee curtis is in it yes right and then adrian Bar- Bar- barbeau plays such a great like dj i love how carefree her character is oh yeah how how tom atkins is like you want to come with me and she's like nah. yeah and then the next scene they're fucking in bed together yeah which i fucking i love how just free-spirited she is absolutely. i love it yeah and tom atkins is fucking great and uh oh, i, tom I atkins. love i love the imagery of like the the uh i guess you'd can, call the you call him. can you not backtrack for a minute Let's backtrack for a minute. Sorry. I'm sorry, Doc. I know you're going off on the fog, but it's okay. You know, he comes up with these fucking ideas and you just got to go with them for a minute. You like a big old, have they said the fucking? The fucking main dude in Prince of Darkness? That dude's like shitty Tom Atkins. That dude's like second rate Tom Atkins. Yes. It's it's like for some reason JC couldn't get Tom Atkins, so we got this guy. Please continue with how great the fog is Halloween 3 season of The Mm -hmm. Witch. In '63. Go ahead, please. So, uh, yeah, just uh, I was just gonna mention the priest, uh, and like how how the the church, the look of the church, and the ghost pirates, um, it's just so fucking cool. And while I totally agree it is slow, yes, it is a slower film, but if you can just settle in, I know I've said it, but and just sit and bask in that fucking atmosphere, uh, it transports you to that place. And I love films like that. You know, we watch a lot of Christmas movies. To make us feel like, well, at least us here in New Mexico, like there's goddamn snow on the ground, right? We get snow. Uh, Barely. Um, We didn't get any snow last year, did we? No. Uh, Oh, (laughs) Mr. We Get Snow. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, and I watched something like this to be taken there, you know? So I love the fog. And honestly, I think that, I'm going to say it one more time, the ghost pirates. I love ghost pirates. They sell... A lot of the film, just just seeing them, it's like holy fuck! That's I love the, the best shots thing. of the fog, just like Rolling coming in, in yeah. off the ocean, right, yeah. and onto the harbor. Yeah, it's so and fucking that's cool. Part, that's part of that atmosphere that makes you feel like you're there. And it's also, you know, Adrian Barbeau as the DJ, you know, and then and then they're driving in in their truck and they're listening to her. It just has this big, bigger world feeling, but you feel like you're there. So right. I fucking love the fog. Um, it's my number four. What is? Eric Hoffs Eric Coffins Terror Tunes number three my third favorite Carpenter film Carpenter film Carpenter film I'm going with Christine nice Um, now here's a film whose characters I like a lot wow I've said this before if you shit on Halloween one more time um, one thing that I've said this before about Christine um, even before Christine is introduced I, I can't even think of their names right now but the two main kids I can't either but yeah um, you know, the nerdy guy, he's getting picked on and his friend, you know, is always there, uh, to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when it's with his parents, I kind of wanted to see just that film. Yeah. Like so I love them just so much. And I'm assuming that's King. I'm assuming that's Stephen King. Right. Like those kids. characters and the way it feels like that's what, I mean, I, I want to hear what you have to say, but that's how, that's what I'm saying. Like the, um, the, the mixing of Stephen King and, and John Carpenter, what a beaut. I also feel like it's another idea that I don't give a shit about that works for me. Like, killer, same here, like killer car? Like, that sounds... I think I avoided Christine it's why for I so see long. It, it's, it's exactly why I didn't see it for so many years. But, you know, he knows what he's fucking doing. And, oh, yeah. Dude. And he, uh, he makes it work. The music... And I'm not talking about the score, because the score is cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music that the car actually plays... Uh, you know, there's a scene whenever the bullies go to beat up uh, on Christine... And one of the kids is trying to open uh, the door and what is it? Is it little Richard The you keep on knocking, but, but you, you can't, can't come in. in. You know, that, that starts playing, you know, I don't uh, get it Ooh. over, over Ooh. the radio. Right. You know, um, all that stuff is just really fun. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's great to see that transition of, um, uh, I wish I could remember his name. The kid from going this nerdy kid to being this badass, yeah. you know, evil dude who starts getting leather jacket and the shit. girls. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, Christine we all wish is, we could be that kid. Christine is fucking great. And again, death to all the shitters of the world. Yes. Yeah. I love Christine. So that yeah. was my three. Yeah. The look of Christine is mind blowing as well. Uh, oh, fuck. It looks so good. So I guess I know what your three is now, dog. Go ahead. Lay it on me. What's my number three? They live. My number three is they live. Yep. Uh, This is, you know, what do you say about they live? Um, it Every, let me, let me, let me start like this. Okay. Every time I watch they live, I started and Roddy Piper's on and, Roddy. and I said Roddy. Rowdy Roddy. Okay, fine. Uh Roddy Piper is on screen and every time it I feel like it takes me a couple minutes to get into the vibe of They Live. Because it is a little more comical, ridiculous than a lot of JC stuff. Here's the thing about They Live for me. Sure. That's a slow film. Yeah. And even that scored it. The- and it goes on for so long it's so sick though you know when he's just walking around yeah. you know looking for work isn't it and. Da, but yeah. here's the thing i don't have a problem with it Not it's like either. i'm along uh with the ride I well see that's how difficult. i feel about the even fall. just yeah. him walking around you know looking for work you know there's a part where he's following keith david's you know character yeah. like even that like that's fun yeah i feel like Oh, go ahead. Oh, and then I was going to say, and then it stops being slow. Oh, yeah. And it kind of shifts into this, like, wackiness that has just, you know, these fucking themes that are just going to be more, you know, prevalent today than they are. Yes. So every time I watch it, I feel like it takes me a little while to fall into this world. It's a little different than a lot of J.C. stuff. J.C. is usually, John Carpenter, is usually more... uh, i would i wouldn't say realism but i would say classical in his storytelling and filmmaking and his characters They're, but you know here's roddy piper you know just kind of he's not that great of an actor but he plays it great i'm not saying you know so it's it takes me a little while but as soon as i get in basically when he gets the hoffman lenses finally um and he's uncovering what feels like some kind of conspiracy and you're not sure what it is yet obviously we know we've seen the film a million times but uh it's like one of the best fucking movies ever made. I then mean, he's running down the street yes. with a shotgun in his hand. Yes, and of course, he walks in the bank. Classic. It doesn't get any more classic no. than that fucking scene. I have come here. I'm not even going to say it. Don't say I it. I don't want to say it. Because it's so, not as cool when you do it. No, it's absolutely <laughs> not. And we should say, rest in peace, Rowdy. Rowdy Piper. Correct. True. Um, basically, when he puts on the glasses... Um, this is another mo. This is another John Carpenter where I almost feel like I don't know how he shot this. I don't know how this film was made. Like when it switches to black, the black and white. And That's so fucking cool. And I said this to you when we were watching it. Fucking insane. It it feels like a monster film. Yes, like a fifties monster and, film, like a fifties creature feature in the black and white. And scenes. while it is funny to see the the the, the others basically the the aliens. Aliens. While it is funny to see them, it's fucking scary too. Like I genuinely get idea. creeped out and scary because I'm like, well, fuck, like what, what would they, what can they do? I mean, I don't know. They're I think it's otherworldly and very scary. So while it is laced with comedy, laced with comedic things, and of course the social commentary, uh, I also find it kind of scary, uh, which I know is kind of ridiculous because it's like this ridiculous concept, but uh it's mind-blowing. And, and again, I don't know how they made those aliens look that way. And the way... Like, it almost seems... I don't know. Like, you could have made it today, but you would have needed a lot of digital effects to do it today. I don't know how they made this movie. Um, and, and I don't... I mean, of course, I, I know that they made the film. But it, that's how... It, it feels real. You know? It feels like this exists. It feels like when you put those glasses on, it's black and white, and you can see fucking aliens. And farts. And farts. But... Yeah, so, and then, of course, the social commentary of, you know, keep us asleep, keep us numb, you know, consume, reproduce, you know, all these themes in this film. You know, you don't even have to agree with all of them, but when it presents them, it's just fascinating. Uh, it's, and it's, you know, we could talk about them forever. So, They Live uh, is my number three, and it's insane. You know, I, I struggled where to put this one, and the more I thought about it, the more... Every time I watch it, I'm sort of taken somewhere, you know? That's and not to The Fog, which is somewhere I can understand. They Live is just insane. Uh, and it's also a lot of fun. And it's also funny and a good time, you know? Uh, the fight in the alley with... Uh, is it Keith David? Keith David? Yeah. Um, it's fantastic, you know? It's amazing. Just to put the goddamn glasses on. Uh, and it, and, oh. and that's kind of what I'm saying where it's a little more ridiculous than most JC stuff. But uh, I love it. So they live, my number three. Or the alien at the very end. Gloria, you look like shit. Oh, it's so good, dude. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's um, you know, there's times in films where they sort of are bigger than just the movie. Uh, and this is one of those. You know, seeing those goddamn aliens with the glasses on, it's fucking crazy. So uh, that's They Live. So good. My number three. What is Eric Hoff's? Number two. The film we just discussed, They Live. Absolutely, man. So let's so, hear about it. So goddamn good. What do you mean? We just talked about... Well, you didn't speak a lot. Well, I think you hit all the right uh, notes, G. Sure. Um, so goddamn good. So goddamn good. I think yeah. like that should be our motto. So goddamn uh, Jamie, good. Jamie, Jameson, uh, our next shirt, put on the back, so goddamn good. Yep. Not that yep. he makes our shirts. I mean, we, we could do that ourselves. But uh, anyways, yeah. 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 I mean, every, everything you just fucking said, from how cool the aliens yeah. are to the social commentary... Uh, to the fucking music that we just talked about oh, yeah. uh, to the ending to uh, Roddy and Heath David's acting I mean it's so fucking good it's its almost you know you think about it it's a film that wouldn't never ever get made today right this movie would never exist today ever it, it would it would but be tiny it'd be made on the smallest level low budget you know mm-hmm. and this thing feels huge and it's so good so they live that's your number <laughs> that's your number two <laughs> so I guess I know what your number one is doc well, we haven't got to my number two. Oh, uh, excuse me. I know what your number two is. We do this every episode. So uh, my number two is uh, a film that is tough. You know, I understand that it's one of the best movies ever made. And a lot of people's, it's their favorite horror film. Um, I just disagree. But uh, it is my number two favorite John Carpenter film. And it's The Thing. So this movie, uh, as Amazing well as shit. my next one, And They Live, I, it just feels like it's not even... I don't know. Th- these films don't... like. I I don't know. I hope people understand what I'm trying to say when I say they don't even feel like movies to me. They feel like part of life. Like they, the thing is part of the world to me. I feel like, like that fucking outpost out there exists. exists and that shit happened out there, you know, because it's just so goddamn iconic and it's not just because it's popular. You can feel it being iconic while it happens, just watching it because it's so good because it's shot so well because it's Kurt Russell because it just feels like it's it's bigger than even the movie. Um, I know that's crazy, but that's how I feel about it. So, um, and my you know of course favorite scene in the film, which I'm sure is most people's, is the blood test with the petri dishes. Yes. Um, the first time I saw this film was quite a while ago. I would have been young, and uh, you know it's a slow film. It, it takes a while. When you're a kid, it's a little different. But that fucking blood test. Oh yeah. Scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. So, um, the thing, uh, music. The way it looks, Dean Cundey, the fucking, it takes you to that place, that outpost out there. um, It's insane. I mean, it's just fucking insane. I think we're going to talk about it more, so I think I might leave it there. Okay. The, the thing, number two, uh, one of the best movies ever made, just not my favorite, Carpenter, uh, but so good. So, would that leave you to be your number one? That's why I think we should that, get to you. That, okay, yes. My no, 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 that's one? not what I'm saying. Are we at your number one? We're at my number one. Well, I can't imagine what it is. Can't imagine what it is. But I'm sure people know what mine is at this point. So, Eric, let's talk about it. What is Eric Hoff's number one John Carpenter film? I think John Carpenter's most incredible film uh, amongst an amazing filmography is The Thing. (laughs) Yes. Um, One thing that I'm surprised you didn't say, and maybe you just because you wanted to leave it for me. Sure. Is the fucking gore, the fucking... uh, the effects of the film. Like, like Rob Boutin, right? How amazing is how that's all just like a fucking puppet. Like that shit is incredible. It looks so good. E-Dog just wants all of that times 10. Yeah, it's it, mind-blowing. It's so incredible um, how it looks. Um, I recently watched it uh, with my mother. I showed it with her. My mom is not... Into scary horror films. Which is funny because you show her a lot. And I totally thought she was going to be completely turned off by the thing. Yeah. And then when it was done, she was like, Eric, that was really, really good. So I guess that's a testament right. of just how incredible um, the thing is. What's funny is when I sold it to her, I sold it to her as like a paranoia thriller.
1: Yeah. Not, not
0: as this fucking... I think of it as a monster film. Sure. Uh, Me too. Uh, myself. Um, again... You said the Petri dish scene. I remember watching that film. There's only one other film that's ever done this to me, and it's Boogie Nights, um, where I was just so captivated with what's on screen. Had it never reached a conclusion, I, I, I joked to myself, would I have come out of that? Yeah. Would I have come out of that trance that the film uh, put me under? Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. I used to think it was a slow film, but then when I just watched it, I didn't feel like that at all. I felt like it was boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and the new Scream Factory Blue is insane. It's uh, new 2K scan, and it's awesome, dude. An incredible, incredible fucking film. Yeah. I mean, I totally I mean, agree. If we were doing like a top 10 horror films of all time. Oh, yeah. I may even be like in the top five. Probably, yeah. It's I, just so goddamn good. That would be so tough. A top 10 of all time. You know, you know how the honorable mention list would have to be <laughs> an episode be of its, its own. own? It'd be, you know, honorable mentions episode and then the fucking, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't ever ask us to do that, please. Or or uh, an 80s episode. Uh, oh, God. that's the uh, Honestly, that's the same topic that we're doing top, right now? No. This is the closest we're going no, to an 80s no, topic. No, you're close. What I was saying is top 10 of all time, oh. top 80s of all Same thing. Right. It's fucking it's same thing. It's going to be films from the 80s. Now, I... Yeah okay, let's move on. So yeah, yes. dude, the thing, fucking best, one of the best ever. Of uh, yes, EDoc's favorite John Carpenter film. I can say it so confidently is the thing. Blew me away that Halloween was so low, but please, Kiki, let's hear your number one. So my number one uh, John Carpenter film of all time is plain and simple to me. You know, it's probably like the thing for you. You know, to me, it's like there's these other films. It's John Carpenter. He's one of the best ever. They're his films, but to me, Halloween is something different. So obviously my number one is Halloween. And to me, it's just, it like what I was trying to say earlier was on any given day, I struggle with what's my favorite horror film of all time. But right now. And for the last year, I've just been saying it's Halloween because it's, I don't know. It's like everything to me. Every time I watch it, I I like, you know, I want to cry, not because it's sad. Just, just cause I like it so much. You know, I do that with jaws as well. So uh, I'm a bit of a sap when it comes to the movies I like. Uh but it's so fucking good. Um I wanted to speak about just because we've already kind of talked about it a little bit, um, the hedge scene. You know, I know it's yes. small to a lot of people, and but to me that's like, you know, I've already said this a little bit with some other films. To me that's like it exists in the world. Like it's not just the film. Like let Go me, ahead. Let me provide a small interjection interjection. Uh you're talking about the hedge scene. I feel like all of that stuff of them walking home. Oh yeah is is terrific especially the hey jerk speed kills yeah i mean um, he, <laughs> he stops all hard it's fucking creepy yeah when he's just passing by like right yeah. before she yells that and he's looking could you imagine you're standing there and someone drives past you just wearing this creepy ass fucking mask staring at you from the hardware store and it's fucking uh i don't know that just seems so scary oh, it's awful. how it's just kind of he's just like Slowly with his head tilt, and he's just staring at it. And what's great is the way that scene is shot; is it's like from a distance. Yeah, you don't even so, see him. It's almost like you can't even see it. Him. Exactly. So no, it's yeah, like you're yeah. seeing it from their perspective. So it's like this is scary, but I'm still not a hundred percent sure what's there. Yeah, yeah. So this film, I should. This is probably where I should say um, this is one of the earliest horror films I ever saw. And 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 as with most people, it was shown to me by an adult, uh, almost by accident, right? So like I probably shouldn't have seen it as young as I did. And uh, it was my dad. We were watching AMC. You know, they were doing like a – it was during the Halloween season. I would have been very young if it was my dad, by the way. So I was probably – I can't say what age for sure, 8, 9, 10, probably. I'm not sure. But it was Halloween time. And uh, uh, so it was on AMC, and it was Halloween. And this movie rocked me to my core. Uh, I was fucking terrified of Michael Myers when I was a kid. Um, Michael Myers and oddly, totally different. Nowhere near as good. Still great. Child's play. Chucky also scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Uh, but Halloween fucking scared the shit out of me. And it was these moments, uh, of them walking home, uh, and the, him at the end of the hedge, like just ruined me, just ruined me. And then, uh, uh, when she's on the phone and she looks down, uh, in her backyard and there's all the sheets and, uh, he's just standing there and then she looks back and he's gone um parked outside of her class yes well so good too but uh it's you know and, and i don't know how to explain it when i when i think of you know him standing at the end of the hedge and walking away or him standing in the sheets blowing in the wind um they're just they're not even part of the film to me they're like part of the world i you know i I struggle to explain this every time but they're almost they're so iconic when you see them forget again forget they're popular they're just such stark imagery that they get burned into your brain and so when i see those scenes i like I, i can't even handle myself they're they're split seconds you know he's only standing at the end of the hedge for four seconds but it's it's so good i almost feel like as great as all that shit is, sure. it's the music that drives it. Oh, home absolutely! For me. Just that one key, you know. Oh yeah. You know, just that. Oh man, that that's what makes me think like, oh shit! Like, that's the power of the yeah. film. Like, there's the movement in the film. There's there's the film's energy. I totally get what you're saying. I think for me, it's 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 that combined with the imagery. But I totally understand what you're saying. Um, also, Dean Cundy's use and John Carpenter' uh, use of the entire frame. It's shot two three five, which is really wide. And they use all of it all the time. It's mind-blowing. The older I get, the more I see it. It's insane. You know, the film is called Halloween. Sure. Okay. There are scenes of uh, carving jack-o'-lanterns. There's kids trick-or-treating. You know, it's a slasher film. It's a horror film. You know, you would think all of this shit makes you think of Halloween. Yeah. But for me, it's the music. Yeah. It's just like, I'm right now, like, as you've been talking, as I've been talking, there's a scene where Lori is waiting to get picked up to go to Tommy's house and she sits on um uh she just like sits on a ledge yeah. and just like seeing the wind blow the leaves and like hearing the music. Yeah. That's Halloween. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Just that simple image of her just walking down, she's holding the pumpkin, she sits down, she's waiting for a ride. Just that slow piano is playing that's fucking then, that, then that's Halloween to me yeah and and just now as you were talking, I was, I was thinking about so many other things I want to bring up, but kind of probably shouldn't fit into this. I don't know. Um, you know I was thinking of the scene where where uh, Tommy the, the kid is he just got out of school and he's holding a pumpkin and he's and he's being uh, bullied, bullied, but he so he runs from the bullies and he gets fucking stopped by Michael Myers and he drops his uh, his jack-o'-lantern. No, he the the kid's trip him. Sorry, that yes, you're right. Uh but he gets stopped by Michael Myers. Uh, one of the kids, sorry, he is not stopped. I'm fucking up. One of the kids is stopped by Michael Myers and it's like <laughs> it's Tommy. Uh and it's so fucking scary and I don't know, just just everything in the movie. And then like you were saying and Tom and, and Michael keeps following him. Yes. The main thing that absolutely tore me apart was the final scenes where he's just like Michael Myers is just like walking from the other house chasing her but mm-hmm. what is so scary to me and i understand if this isn't scary to people different things scare people you know uh how slow he's just like walking after her right and he's fucking coming but uh you know it's fucked they up. switch to the view of the house where she's tr- she's banging on the door trying to get in and you don't know how close he is right that fucks me up every time when i was a kid it was horrifying to me and real quick to go back to the story about my dad we watched it and uh scared the living shit out of me. And later, I don't know if I've told this story before on the pod, but later, uh, so after the film had ended, my dad actually stalked us around the house uh to like act like Michael Myers. So he just walked as slow as he could. And we're just like running from room to room, like, oh my god, he's gonna get us. And uh he's just like strolling, you know, like Michael Myers. He's so right. slow. And uh so I remember those things so vividly about the film. Uh it's just, you know, it's part of who I am, I feel like. It's part of why I like horror. I didn't even really start watching horror until quite a long time after that because I was a kid. But that's one of the first times where I was terrified and I probably realized I liked it. You know, I, I liked being scared even though I probably couldn't figure that out at the time because I was so goddamn scared. Right. So, uh, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, we're talking about the scene where she's running from the house. I was just going to say another fucked up moment is how she goes to the neighbor's house banging. They yes. turn on the porch lights. They see she's out there. They yeah. see that she needs help. They just fucking and turn the like, lights off on her. And she's like, oh, God. I mean, you know, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, I, I have a crush on Jamie. as pretty as she is in The Fog. I will take Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween over anything. I love her so much. Uh, ben Tramer, who uh, appears. You better call him back. I love Ben Ben Tramer so much. There's a They sell a, I believe it's a, uh, in Halloween 2, Ben Tramer is wearing the same mask that Michael Myers wears, and they fucking kill him in Halloween 2. And you can buy a Ben Tramer mask from Trick or Treat Studios. So now that's about Halloween 2, which I also fucking love. We will get to that when we finally Mm. rank our Halloween films. Uh, Halloween 2 is one of my favorite films of all time. But Halloween, it's just so So good. good. And when I was a kid and to this day, when they look over that ledge and he's fucking gone, fucks me up every time. Okay. So I'm glad we're talking about this. So I've I've got a buddy, my best friend ever. His name's Andrew. Actually, his name's Keegan, but that's okay. (laughs) and he doesn't give a shit about horror films okay okay uh, i had to like twist his arm to buy the friday game uh so we could play it and uh, he, you know he told me he'd like to see the films and so i've i've been and you're him, friends with this person i'm just I, kidding and i've been letting him borrow him two at a time um but he's taking fucking forever he hasn't even returned the first two uh to me anyways he asked me like just recently he's like is Michael Supernatural in the first Halloween? And I don't know how to answer that. He's super fucking quick. He can take six shots and fall off the goddamn balcony in Bell. I don't know. Is he Supernatural? Like, I'm genuinely asking you. Uh, I don't know. Tweet us your thoughts. Is Michael Supernatural in the first Halloween? It could be because, you know, my brain is marred from the sequels where he for sure is Supernatural. Let's just talk about the first film alone. I know. I know. I'm saying my thoughts could be marred by that. I feel like he is. I want to I, lean towards that too. I think because of, you know, he's he's known as the shape. He is, uh, Loomis talks about how he's pure evil. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. And so... And here's why. Here's my... For those reasons, here, I he, think he's supernatural. Here's why. I wish I thought of this earlier before I started this this tangent. Uh, Jay, uh, uh, Laurie says, is it, was that the boogeyman? And he and says... Yes, it was. Yep, so okay. as a matter of fact, it was. That was the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. So yeah uh so for that those reasons you know he calls him the the embodiment of pure evil and all this stuff. I think he is supernatural, um the blackest eyes, yes devil's eyes. death has come to your small town, sheriff, so hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there with the kids. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast to go up to the myers, house. yeah, I know what you're talking about, and he scares him, and he's fucking smiling and laughing right. Uh, but then he gets snuck up on by the cop. Yes. You know, talking about Halloween, you know, it makes me realize how much uh, I like it and don't think that it wasn't a fucking struggle Oh to sure. place it where no, I did. I, I, struggled I, I with Escape from New York, you know, Halloween so much and to put it at six, I think what pisses me off about you putting it at six, isn't the number it's that you were trying to shit on it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I, I feel like I had to have a reason as to why to have it so low. Makes sense. And I also feel like it wasn't a very good reason um, other than simply, I guess I could have just said, hey, I prefer these five films more. Um, But yeah, I mean, Halloween, I mean, as much as I did just trash talk it, yeah, I mean, it's it's the slasher film. Yeah. To me, it's, you know, this is the last thing I'll say about it. To me, it's the horror film. I was just going to say, you know, Jason is my favorite, you know. Yeah. Uh, horror icon but i feel like halloween is i don't know yeah it's like the the horror film yeah and i find it weird because i feel like people that like michael myers and like wear shirts or masks and stuff talk about it are like fans of the fucking curse of thorn is okay well let's we'll get to that in our in our in our in our halloween episode but uh i feel like you know, I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone of this. I'm saying sometimes I feel like people are remembering, like they, they, they almost, I'm not saying they like it more, but they're kind of, their Halloween is like the franchise, like as a whole. Right. Right. And for me, it's not like that at all. I love a lot of the sequels. Two is one of my favorite films of all time. Four. Uh, three is obviously, I kind of, we're going to struggle with that. I think on our, when our you said you didn't want to count it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then four is so good. And I, well, we'll talk about those films, but to me, like, Halloween stands alone, and then it has sequels. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Halloween, like, it's like Psycho. Psycho is fucking Psycho. And then some people made sequels to it, which are also good. Mm-hmm. But Psycho is Hitchcock's Psycho. Halloween is Carpenter's fucking Halloween. So, there you go. And you're right, the score. So, that is my number one. Your number one, The Thing. And I told The Thing is my number two, man. I fucking love The Thing, so... So while watching all these films again, I also decided to uh, rank his scores, the scores that uh, he wrote. Before uh, you do that, okay, I just ahead. remembered, let's recap our list real quick. Okay, sure. So my number five uh, John Carpenter film, my number five was Christine, my number four was The Fog, my number three was They Live, my number two is The Thing, and my number one is Halloween. Uh, I'm going with uh, my favorite John Carpenter film to my least favorite John Carpenter film, uh, the Thing, They Live, Christine, Assault on Precinct 13, Escape from New York, Halloween, Big Trouble in Little China, Village of the Damned, The Fog, In the Mouth of Madness, Prince of Darkness, and Escape from LA. So, those are our lists. Tell me about your little topic here. Okay. So, uh, you know, Carpenter also wrote a lot of uh, the music for uh, his films. Yes and uh they're fucking great and same way my favorite carpenter score to my least favorite carpenter score is halloween escape from new york assault on precinct 13 christine they live halloween 3 big trouble in little china the fog village of the damned prince of darkness in the mouth of madness i hate how it's fucking like new metal and guitars yeah and escape from la those are uh how i feel about carpenters uh, scores you know what i have stuck in my head Late on me. Dun da, 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 dun 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 da, 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 da. dun <laughs> dun dun dun. So goddamn good. Okay, uh, is that it? That's it. That's our Carpenter episode. All right. Uh, it feels weird to have done our John Carpenter episode. I don't know, but it's exciting. Uh, we hope. I feel like it was a big topic to tackle. Absolutely. Um, we'll probably do some more directors in the future, like Wes Craven, uh, and who else? Romero might be difficult. I'm, I like the idea of ranking uh, films in a franchise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For yes. sure. Um, I'm not sure what our next episode is. The, our, October, our October episode will be ranking the Halloween franchise. The horror franchise. 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 Um, Halloween franchise. So, you know, we don't want to drag here at the end, but uh, we love John Carpenter. We hope you do. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Not sure what else to say. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, thank you. Um, We hope you made it this far. Eric, tell us where you can find us on... Facebook, places. Instagram, and Twitter at Ghoul Squad FM. Buy a shirt. Leave a comment. But most importantly, stay scared. Yes. Also, please. Uh, no one's listening at this point. But if you are at Brian the Horror Nerd, hello. Uh, review us on iTunes, please. Yes. Uh, go to iTunes, review us. Uh, it only takes a couple minutes, and uh, we don't have any fucking reviews, so uh. Yeah, please review us on iTunes. Uh, Shirts are available at bit.ly slash ghoul squad shirt. You can just go to T t and just search ghoul squad. Our shirt will come up. And uh, yeah, Instagram.com is our favorite. Instagram.com slash we like to post what we've been watching. Ghoul squad FM. Sorry, I'm dragging. I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much. Enjoy prom night, girls. Ghouls, you back off. Ghouls, you fucking back off come sta 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 come